Check one, two, one, two, check. On two. One two. That's all you're gonna talk into? On two. One two is not natural for me.
chucking and jiving as hoppers be on me like they Simon and Simon. Not only for the rhyming, but that icky. Parking lot, I'm spinning on case for the Canines up on my tail, I swap with a technique. Undercover, killing time for that one where they seek. I'm mad shifty, box of honey dipped in some glaze. Dreams of these double doubles just flowing like cascades. Get a snack pack of lines, blowed up like landmines. Phone lines is tapped like kegs and bad spines. Hey. One in the oven like my man Mahoney. Your whole academy is just enforced baloney. I leave Columbo with Colombian neckties. I should wear right hooks straight out that eye. Couldn't ID the Mac if a castle sketch me. Guess a copy that escapes through Joe still can't catch me like
Welcome to the John Doe Radio Show. I'm chilling here with my man Mike to the left-hand side. Hey. How's it going? It's going Sunday. Just Sunday? That going Sunday? Just going slow. Because nothing really happens on Sunday. It's just Sunday, a, just a slow day. Sunday. I hate you too. How about low. that song at the beginning? Mermaid or two from Death Clock. Tight. Have you seen the? I, I played that especially for Grambo. Have you seen the? He wasn't listening at all. He was like doing his own thing. Uh, it was there. jamming through the, the cans. You've heard it. Death Clock before, though, right? I've actually seen Death Clock live. Really? If, if like, you can imagine that hologrammed? No, they have a giant. The band is out front. And they have a giant. Well, you know that dude plays like out back. Yeah, he plays it's every just one guy. It's every so he hired, but the drums. So he hires the band. He even plays the drums on the record. The guy they get to play the other guitar in Death Clock, though, is one of the best shred guitar players that have ever yeah, it's been on Yeah, super Earth, badass, man. Mike Manilli, shout no, out. Have you seen the uh, the cartoon with the Batman? Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, the Mermaid are, are one. Hilarious. Where he's underwater. Yeah, because the voice is perfect as the Batman voice. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> Where is she? <laughs> this is one of the funniest ass things in the world. If you don't know what I'm talking about, search for Mermaider. What's I don't know, Mermaider Batman cartoon. I'm yeah. sure you'll find it. Remember back in the day when it was super hard to find shit online? No. <laughs> no, but it was. I always had an easy time finding whatever I needed. No, but like songs and other things used to be a lot Did harder. Did you use to Alta find. Vista search engine? What are you using? I don't even know what that is. Alta Vista. What the f- I was a net Netscape man myself. I had AOL. I'm there just saying, go. online back in the day, you, you had still to, have it. You had to look specifically before Google was super huge. Before you could like really, really, really Google anything and it'd come Google up with change the game. That's why googling things is googling things. They there was a certain. They changed it. There was a certain point. I mean, you had to like go to forums and other shit to learn shit. You know? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you still had to read back then. Maybe I'm just an idiot. My father still has AOL. Does that still exist? I e- email him at an AOL.com address. <laughs> yeah, but it's an AOL.com address. I don't think it still exists, do they? Does it? Is anybody in the room? Oh, no. Nobody? No shit. What are we listening to? <laughs> it's been a minute. It's back. I told you if you paid attention to your messages. I don't. It's the JDR with Bike Show. Yeah. Did you see that message? No, I didn't. I would have been excited. I would have been like, whoa. Start, I, I would have been start with that instead of some crappy heavy metal. No, because you didn't. This is a bed song. This is not a beginning start the show song. Could be. If you pay attention to any of your messages, you would know. You don't talk to me I just figured that much. I'm just going to see you in person once a week, and that's enough. Well, tell you me, used tell to me kind of you, communicate with me. Tell me what you need to tell me on Sundays. No, buddy. No, no, no. Makes it easier. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to read. So it's not going to make if it. If you send me a message, I'm not going to be able to read it. The million messages you receive a day says otherwise. I have people type those for me. You could be as difficult as you want right now to try and slither out of your whatever keeps you from messaging me. Sometimes I feel like it's just you're afraid of your your greatness. You're afraid to hit your greatness. What does that even mean? When we try to communicate back and forth. I try to communicate with you about the show. And we miscommunicate. That. We rarely communicate about the show. 
Yeah, I know. And Can I'm planning. Would... I'm left planning most of it. Well, it's because I don't plan really anything. So we're even not Grambo, start now, even Grambo, like some, we somehow have lost in the depths of space the recordings for Bike in Space too. So we've got Rocket this ship wrote down. I'm not going. We got this. No, you, dude, you're not there. Michael Holly is in space, and his spaceship is just wandering around, lost in space, because there's been miscommunication between the Houston here on Earth, which I'm just calling Houston, Houston, because everybody knows that as the space command. Yeah. You know, like Houston, we have a problem. Michael Holly's command comes from somewhere in South Denver. Houston, JDR. Houston JDR. Houston JDR? I repeat, Houston JDR. And they get nothing. Nothing back. Yeah, because... Grambo caught a little bit of a spike of a message last week, and it's all I could hear was... <laughs> it sounded it sounded like fark on my couch. And that was me putting it through the spectral analysis of a computer. A screaming Instead alien. Of- like, Bike had the alien bent over a table, and it was screaming. <laughs> so he may have found the sour diesel there, and this alien had it. And Tell he made me more about this fantasy you have. <laughs> no, it's not a fantasy. What are you doing when you're thinking about me bending an alien over, Tim? Listen, it's not you. I've tried to explain to you that we sent your twin, Michael Holly, to space, but you just last week I, I don't, I you don't spaced know. out when we were trying to talk about it, and then this week it's more of a clone than a twin, really. Uh, it is. Well, let me know how that goes. Your DNA was taken at a bus station somewhere in South Denver. That could have happened a long time ago. Anyway, thanks for hanging out with us here on the John Doe Radio Show. Live on Sundays from 2 to 5 p.m. on the Adam Dunn Show Network. Adam Dunn Show. Wait, you could check out the uh, the rest of Adam Dunn Show at adamdunnshow.com. But we're live at Adam or livestream.com slash Adam Dunn Show. I almost said it again there. <laughs> I kind of stony. It's spaced out. You haven't even had your. I know, no dab dabs yet. for you. No, I I would appreciate some dabs. Are you high nice. on headache powder? <laughs> I I had some cocaine. That wasn't cocaine. That was goodies. It was cocaine. Powder. Don't be lame. Cocaine. Thanks for hanging out with some John Doe Radio Show live Sundays. Livestream.com slash Adam Dunn Show. I didn't know if it was warm that you put in front of me, a warm bowl or. a... He's not your bitch. I know. We'll get to that in a second here. We do have the Incredibles dudes in studio, so we're going to be talking a lot about extracts today. I got to give a huge shout out to our bestest buddies, USA Cannabis Company, USACannabisConsulting.com. If you get a chance, make sure you check those guys out. USACannabisConsulting.com. Let me pull up the ad here. Because I don't specifically have the ad pulled up right now. If you'd like to advertise this, just contact me, Tim Martin, on Facebook. Or you can message the John Doe Radio Show Facebook. Or you can message Bike. Sound like a plan? I don't I don't really reply to messages, though. Yeah, you do. So hit up Tim. He replies to messages. Why are you being extremely difficult I'm today? i for my coffee. I know, you're just being... My coffee will be here soon. I'll be less C-wordy. You're being a dick. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad C-word. you said it. I'm a C-word, I know. 
Navigating cannabis regulation is very involved and important trek to do right for your business employees. Knowing the proper way to go about it and how to build your business out without costly mistakes and huge learning curves is a key. You need someone who has been through it before and who can successfully build out and guide cannabis businesses. Hey, hold, hold on a second. I hate, what? I hate to chime in here and be a, a C-word, but you need to start that over. That, that hesitation threw me for a loop. I couldn't pay attention when you stuttered at the beginning. Just because you couldn't pay attention doesn't mean nobody I else can, was. trust me. Dude, everybody trust understood me, what people, was going on. People are having a hard time. USA You're Democrats? having a hard time today. Start over and give them a real read. I'm just going to let you do your thing. Because you are having a difficult time today. How many dabs are you in? It's going to be number one right here. Okay, there's another one. There's right. another problem, too. Well, then it's about to get... Just keep dabbing yourself the straight. The oil man's about to get greased up. Tin man. USA. I, I never saw the film. <laughs> Listen to this. Navigating cannabis regulation is a very involved and important trek to do right for your business and employees. Knowing the proper way to go about it and how to build your business out without costly mistakes and huge learning curves is key. You need someone who has been through it before and who can successfully build and guide your cannabis business in multiple legal states, both medical and recreational setups. USA, 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 USA Cannabis Company can help you whether you need construction planning, management, or the actual work done, or you need help in licensing your business or product, USA Cannabis Company has got your back. Their services also include helping you vertically integrate your grow, extraction, and dispensing of products through consult consultation where needed. Compliance training, custom packaging, custom extraction, grow, and store layouts, and more. USA Cannabis Company is your all-inclusive go-to. Visit USACannabisConsulting.com for examples of projects they have completed and to get your project started today, USA CannabisConsulting.com. We better. had Kyle Allen on last week and he talked a lot about the consultant agency that he does have. And what absolutely blew me away is how they can include everything the all inclusiveness. And I know a lot of people say they can include everything, but these guys really make you feel comfortable with being able to do it. California just passing their regulations that they are going I don't know when exactly those go into play I'm not sure I haven't even read through it all but can are I get we, are we allowed to talk about them but can I get a part I told you so I'm halfway there to I told you so because here's the deal legalization is going to look a lot like what they've done in uh, California now without even looking at what they've done right now mm-hmm that's just the way... You're referring to federal legalization? That's just the way it is, baby. No, where'd you get lost at? California. No, you, you said that it's going to... You mean that California's legalization is going to look talking, like it does now? It's going to look like medical marijuana. Okay. They regulated medical marijuana since they don't have actual legalization. Mm-hmm. Are we on the same page? I just... I can't see it being quite as lax as it is right now. There's dispensaries no. that sell scissor up. Scissor up? Yeah. <laughs> you, don't know, you don't know scissor up? I know what scissor up is. It's like, uh, yeah, codeine with THC and shit all mixed in it. Some weird concoction. I always see the kids posting on the Instagrams. And That's Twitter. some fake ass shit. Do you There's really. No dispensary is selling anything with codeine in it. Yeah. Dumb shit. <laughs> Dude, he is in a super pissed wow, off mood man. today. Was I on the air when I said that? <laughs> this man takes his scissor up 
Come on. You really offended Josh at that point in time. Like, His this eyes. guy is representing us, and he thinks it's a codeine out of dispensary. Come on. Yeah, I was a little bit dumbfounded at that point in time either, but you just cut straight to the point. Wow, that escalated quickly. I've never been. That didn't so That I was totally norm- normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. He knows I didn't mean anything by it besides dumb shit. Dude, it's completely regulated. How do you think that they're selling scissor, the real thing? I assumed that it was because the name implies that it is the real thing. No. That would be highly federally illegal. So, wait a second. Wait a second. The stuff that these people buy, the purple stuff with Cody in it, is actually called Sizzirup? That's the brand name? I don't think that's the... They do have some Don't think? Or you know it's not? It's it's not. not. Okay. So, what was the correlation that made you think that Sizzirup... Well, if you said that they were selling cocaine at the dispensary, and I... They're selling cocaine. They're selling blow. They're selling fucking energy drinks called cocaine dummy. Oh, okay, sorry. I don't know. Uh, okay. You know, I, I assume uh, okay. that scissor right. up meant the I could see up that of the street, possibility. The it's a fake product. If one were to Google it, which is probably how I even learned what scissor up was. I feel telly about to slap you across the table right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was funny though. Hey, you learn something every day, right? I guess so. Look, he looks like he's... He feels horrible. No. You, what else do you think they sell? In, you in heard his feelings, Let's clear dude. this up now. They Do they sell... <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that's the only shady thing I ever heard that I thought they sold. They can't even sell real food in this country. Because you might get it confused. Corrupt moon food. rocks seem kind of shady. Why didn't you bring any ice cream in today? I'll tell you why. Because that shit got flushed down the toilet. Really? Yeah. I would have liked to have tasted it, it though, before no, it hit the toilet. toilet. I can give you an example. Go get some Noxzema cream and put some sand in it. And Was it that it bad? Well, it just had that... It had like a okay, so here's the deal. fucked up texture I've ever had in ice cream. We were supposed to have Black William Breathes here on the show this week on John Doe Radio. And uh, I still haven't even got to the rundown of what was on the show today. Besides Telly <laughs> and Max with Incredibles, they will be here. They are here. Get on the mic here in a minute to talk about extracts and Incredibles. We're going to get into it so deep that I was trying to think some dirty example, but it wouldn't have sounded right at all. I mean, I would have had to pull it off smooth and it wouldn't have happened. Shit, and I almost forgot where I was going. Okay. Black Will Breathes, not to be confused with the original William Breathes, which it took like probably two seconds for the real William Breeze to figure out there was the black Willie Breeze now. <laughs> Does he know? Oh, dude, I've seen him. He hasn't tagged. been on Facebook in months. Okay, well, I've seen him tagged a couple that doesn't times. Doesn't mean anything. People have tagged him. He's got twins. And said, hey. <laughs> and put black and then tagged William Breeze. Anyway, he was supposed to be here today giving us a review, but the Ravens and the Broncos, which start about right now. 225 exactly. Where he. <laughs> you can't interrupt him for the Ravens game. That's what I was wondering when you were telling me he was going to be here last night. I was like, no way. This is a Ravens-Broncos game. He's from Beemore. Baltimore City ain't going to have no interruptions on the Ravens fly in from Baltimore to go with them. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, it sounds like they're watching it down there. Good thing that I can't hear anything outside of here because I'm battling with myself right now. I've got the recording going on at home, but I hate watching games recorded because it's just stupid. doesn't have the same atmosphere. It's just stupid. Plus, I'll have to stay off of Facebook the entire time I watch the game. Yeah, it should be ruined. I don't know, dude. Since I can't stream it right now, 
Maybe when these guys are talking and it's like something that's way over my head and way too smart, I'll just don't Google up don't. the stream of the show. You'll be over distracted. Here. And then what'll happen? These you'll guys start will start thinking the show. about how much you miss Elway, and you'll start crying. And these guys will like run the show. From Colorado does. We actually have people here that would be able to fill time with amazing uh, deep info. All right. Anyway, so. Bike had this ice cream from a Colorado Springs dispensary yesterday. Called Discreet Treats. Discreet Treats. And it was vanilla ice cream. Holy shit. I've had vanilla ice cream. I've had ice cream before from places, and it's been... Sandy? Awesome. Amazing. It was a little bit sandy because of how they included the uh, it, the water hash, and how it, was, it probably it did have sand like from can- the actual dirt. It tastes like can of butter. From bad water hash. Um... So you didn't keep it? It looked good. It was like bright white and frozen, and then I let it melt a little so I could get a, f- a spoon into it. Put it in my mouth. First thing I taste is weed, which I, I'm not totally opposed to. If they, I like the weed flavor if it's done right. Some people hate it. Yeah, there, I think there's two different kinds of weed flavor. Like I've gotten some edibles that taste like weed, but it, and it gives you weed burps almost, but it, it yeah. tastes good. In a Delicious way. weed burps. And then my girlfriend, she likes to take tinctures every night before bed along with smoking, and she got uh, one from Kind Love the other day that just tasted like hemp slurry. You know, it was disgusting. It was terrible. So, there's definitely those two distinct, super, super, super green, and then just like still green, but weed, not necessarily Yeah, hay. chlorophyll and weed are two different flavors. Yeah, it's... I, Categorize it as more of a hay flavor. So yeah, I got through weed. about four forced bites. Four forced bites. And I had to wash it down with some hot tea. We'll have to see what Will Breeze, the black Will Breeze, thinks mm-hmm. when he comes in. He got some different flavors. I wonder if he'll say the same thing. He may, dude, he probably enjoyed the shit out of it. I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to say anything. I spoke with him. I'm not going <laughs> to say anything about what he, he said. Uh, well, that's a bummer. How much were those? 40 bucks for 300 milligrams. 40 bucks for 300 milligrams. What? It was a pint? Bigger yeah, than a pint? No, it was a pint. <coughs> Bummer, dude. Yep. I guess this is what happens when you make shitty edibles. Um, those people have a whole dispensary down there. I don't know. I mean, they must be doing something right if they all they have, they have a... They have like a what is it called? What was the the guy up here on Broadway who does all edibles? Uh, Ganja Gourmet. I think it's like the Ganja Gourmet of the Springs. Yeah, but I think Gan- Ganja Gourmet I've heard good things about. Thank you, Telly. See, he heated up my my uh, chem dog bowl. You don't have a piece. chem dog chem dog bowl. So his chem dog. You don't really hear much about the ganja gourmet in general, I think. And um, have you ever heard of it, Josh? No, I've, not since I've moved here. It's I remember, I remember a, always hearing about it on Facebook. It's been around for a long time, <clears throat> but since I've lived here the last six months, I haven't heard anybody. You never about even it. heard of it from back in the day. No, from online. But was well, that the place Tim, that hear. you could go and have like a four course <laughs> weed meal? It started off with a joint. Yep. And then it served you some weed pizza and some weed ice cream or you know weed brownie. Mm-hmm. And then give you another joint. So join your way. <laughs> Back in the good old days. Yeah, no, they were huge online. I thought that was going to be like you know one of the big touristy things to do. And, then and somehow I- they survived as a just as a dispensary. Just because who really wants to eat? And spend an hour in a dispensary eating edibles and then go home. Dude, it was yeah, badass. Tourists from their on their first trip. 
See, here's the thing. It was super sweet. When it first started out, dude, it was cool. It was one of the first actual smoke lounges that you could go and sit down and hang out. Now, maybe it didn't have the best food in the world. Their pizza, the day that they opened, was amazing. In fact, the pizza was pretty damn good. I'm not going to Keep in mind, Tim is from Colorado when he says... Yeah, but dude, I've had good pizza. Shut the fuck up. There's, there's a couple spots. I'll tell you after. I don't go bragging about them because they'll you get don't ruined. Blow them up. There's good spots for there's pizza, two, but their, their pizza you was... Know. You really don't. The dude wasn't even from here from Colorado. He's from out in New York or A good way to get from here to Aurora, I'll take your advice. Just because you, you got a sandy pizza. vagina today doesn't mean that you could argue My on everything. My vagina has good tasted pizza. Yours does not. You make no sense. <laughs> it was good pizza. It was. It was very good pizza. That was very tasty, Telly. What was that? I just... Jilly Grape Stomper? No, Jilly Irene Stomper. Oh, man, that was super tasty, too. Super good dab. But this place was super badass at the beginning because you could go in. It was right there on Broadway in the middle of all it these still dispensaries. still is. It's in that house. And I am surprised that they've been able to stay open for this long. But that dude was super determined to make something happen. Crazy, crazy, crazy determined. He's a crazy guy, too. <laughs> <laughs> a little off the wall, all that good stuff. Anyway, the first day it opened, it had super awesome pizza. It was super medicated, too. I remember actually getting pretty fucking blazed off of that. And I generally don't get pretty smacked off of edibles. But you could go in. It had a bar in there. I don't think they really cooked any of the food there. I think it was just kind of heated up and then served at that point in time. Uh, obviously, they had desserts and other stuff in there. Uh, but you could just go in there and chill. Smoke weed, hang out with your friends. And then the novelty wore off. Actually, what happened is Denver did away with smoking on premises. Well, where that went how many times did you do that? Go to the Ganja Gourmet with all your friends. I went a bunch of times. I lived, not, I lived down the block from it, dude. I lived right there in Logan in Mississippi, which is like less than a couple miles from it. Probably a mile from it. So I used to go there all the time. So that automatically means you were there all the time because you lived there? No, it automatically means all the time because I actually went there all the time. All right. You're kind of off today. You're just firing in everything. It's because you can't handle it. It does not mean I am off. I would say you're missing, but that's just me. Call it as I hear it. All right, that's fine. It was a cool place. Anyway, uh, we'll get back to Black Wool Breeze next week. Uh, I'll get in... If you want to even get up to that mic right there. Yeah, how does this... Line it up for him, Tim. Just line that to, up. Where am I supposed to stand? Producer Grambo. I know, Grambo. What are you doing here? Dude, Grambo did amazing. When we got here, the studio Grambo. was not set up. The studio was not set up at all again when we got here. And we just came in. Well, Grambo... Coming outside and smoked a cigarette and pretended he was on the phone. And Grambo had disturbed the whole studio. Is what he said. Is this on all the time? Yep. All right, word. Just talk right into it. Cool. This is a good level? Perfect. All right, cool. But anyway, uh, we got here. Grambo lifted me up over the top. I ninja dove it. Actually, every, I... Every, almost every episode, Tim has to come down over the... Uh, the episode. What would you say? That's about, what, 10 feet? 11? <laughs> 10 and a yeah, half? Somewhere in there? About easily. 10 to the top of the burgundy. Yeah. They got to lift me up over the top of the door <laughs> and then jump down. One of these times, I'm going to snap my ankle. I thought today might it's, be the day. I was joke. like, I was like, you know, I'm kind of halfway with it right now. And then I won't now. be able to get to him when he's knocked out because the door's locked. <laughs> yeah, you need to learn how to pick locks, Tim. 
Oh yeah, I forgot. You're super master lock picker. I can t- actually. That's not. Po- I am not a good lock picker. Yeah. Bullshit. No. <laughs> He's not. Fact, but I do true. want a lesson after the show. Word. <laughs> anyway. God, I'm lost today. What I want to get to is my oh, badge. Oh, you. You don't understand now. <laughs> what I want to get to is my badge, and then we'll get to uh, Incredibles Edibles head. action here. We have plenty of time. We started on time today, which is weird. It's not weird. We've only not started on time once. Nah. It's always been within 15, Anyways, 20 minutes. go on. I knocked over the mic there. Um... <laughs> so, I tried to. I went to go last week. Finally, went down the marijuana enforcement division and applied. Attempted to apply for my marijuana enforcement badge to work here in the industry. It was quite an interesting time had by myself, <laughs> to say the least. How many people in there when you got there? It was actually quite. Throughout, I saw most of the people through the first part of the day, you know, before they, like, close. And they'd already seen, like, 35 people at that point in time. And they said they see, like, 50 or so uh, 50 or so people a day. So, when you're going about your day, your normal shit, and you are at lunch break or whatever, think about it that there are people lined up trying to get into the marijuana industry here. Yeah, I didn't didn't actually get there before it opened. It opens at 8 o'clock in the morning. And they recommend you be there, like, basically before it opens so you can line up and sign up, be one of the first to do there. I was there, like, 15, 20, 30 minutes afterwards. Slacker. I'd say, and they were saying it was pretty busy, so as long as you're not coming in at, like, at, like, (coughs) 9.30, 10, 11, you should be all right. This is this is all new school. Back in the day, you just show up and get a lottery ticket and get it punched six times before they'd even consider it. Seeing you. I can completely see why it was the way that it was. Yeah, that's what I was told that it was. So I was like pl- bricking out like a couple days to go do it this next week, and then Tim was telling me, no, it's not how they do it now. There are so many people. They said they have 35,000 licenses that have been issued to work in the state of Colorado. There's nowhere near that amount of jobs, at least I don't think. There's no way. I don't know. Maybe. It could be getting there. I mean, if you even take 400... I mean, how many dispensaries and rec shops are there probably right now? One million. I figured that'd be something you know. Uh, you know, Incredibles is in roughly 800-plus stores, so there's at least, really? you know, a combination of med and rec. Um, you know, there's at least 850 or so. Wow. Mm-hmm. That so, shit's growing. And we're not, we're not in every one, too, so there's got to be, you know, maybe we're pushing 1,000 in Colorado. Actually, last time I think we talked about this, even a couple years ago, it was, you know... Balancing around a thousand, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's just trans. Pe- people have transferred licenses here and there. I don't know. That's a lot. That's still a lot of shops. Um. So, I mean, but see, even there, not everybody's. I mean, you have what? Maybe like two hundred. How many people work for the biggest company out there? God, I don't even know. Um, like somebody was in the med, and it was. Ta- I overheard them talking about how they were one of the largest people largest uh, companies in the industry and they had about 200 or so people working for them so i can see how that might be you know two three four five hundred people might be some of the higher end of this industry Mm -hmm. 
I mean, there's 35,000 jobs. That's cra- I suck at math, so <laughs> I'm just saying it's probably not up to 35,000 jobs available out there for people. Right. Well, you know, it's also um, a catalyst for grocery store companies, people that are making peripheral products that might not directly be, you know, badge holders, but are still yeah. uh, capitalizing on the industry. Yeah, and when you think about it too, it's even more crazy because a lot of those people just coming in are going for like trimming and and uh, bud tender type situations. So mm-hmm. no, but uh, okay, so I, I'm there at the med. And by the way, uh, having a badge and a badge was clearly evident this past time too, which a lot of people thought that was funny online when I when I said that. So who, was that you who thought of it? Badge and a badge. Are you even paid attention? Yeah, of course. Okay. Don't yeah. make me tell you to have off. <laughs> I just... I don't know. I turned to you and you were like, huh? What? Don't make what? me tell you. Badge and a badge, basically. Yes, that was my comment to you. I said you basically need a badge and a badge. So there's... Even if you do get it, you, your penis is an obstruction here. <laughs> there's like 510 people... I mean, there's, there's maybe... I mean, there's like five women... Maybe like 15 total people in there when I get in there right off the bat. And three of these chicks. How many women? How many people getting hired right off the bat? What? How many women were there? I mean, it was like half. Okay, so. Women. I mean, it was less, of, a little less than half. Those people have an easy time getting jobs. And also, I, every type of person you can think of from A to B. You know, like stoner type to business dude, business woman. So, out of those 15 people, which is interesting in itself and it also felt kind of a comfortable place despite there being guns and badges walking all the way around you just felt like with you were there with like-minded people although the ladies at the front desk at the, right off the bat were a little bit kind of cutthroaty or kind of like, they were just like what take does that it. even mean it's because they got to deal with you all day Tim. yeah exactly <laughs> i can't imagine the questions they have to deal with throughout the day anyway no they're just like kind of like take a number <laughs> take a number <laughs> take a number <laughs> hey, excuse me you don't ask questions here. You know, kind of like that. It was just super... But they were super cool to me after a minute. I was really nice to them, and as time went on, because I was there for so long, they were super helpful with me. Killed them with kindness? I don't really want to jump around on this story too much. I want to go from A to B. <laughs> All right, I'll distract you as much as possible. Try not to make it A to B to C to Z and back to B and A. No, I just do that. When I tell stories, I'm bad like that. Uh, so I, I got there. I waited for a little while. wasn't a bad wait at all. In fact, there's a lady that shows up to sell burritos every morning there, and she stands right outside the door. Uh, I was quite not impressed with the surround. Like you just walk in and it's a plain ass room. Like the people oh, working. Sorry, they couldn't entertain you more. Like it just doesn't. It looks. What, what would you have liked? It looks so expect? plain. It just doesn't look like a. I guess when you think about it, you it does look Bob Marley like posters on the wall and them playing some Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> it lo- it looks institutional. Expecting. It does. It kind of looks well, like it's a, a classroom. The Department of Revenue for the and state it, of Colorado. When you think about it, I mean, the front desk is the only thing that looks like super official. They spent all the money on the front desk and the emblem behind the front desk. <laughs> but it just looks plain. I don't know what the offices look behind. Talking a lot of shit for a guy who hasn't got his badge yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There was like a huge ass 
section behind where everybody works, so I don't even know what it looks like back there. Anyway, I'm just trying to give everybody a picture here. I wasn't impressed when I walked in. Like, let's just say that. The people inside the actual room that you wait to that are workers, like, they're just there on, like, a folding table and, like, lawn chairs, basically. I mean, it is. It's it's funny. And then there's probably the super expensive $500,000 fingerprint machine off in the corner that's, like, sitting on top of some boxes so the lady can reach it. I don't know. It was just funny. It was funny to me. When you think about it, though, the state not spending money. But when you think about it, look how much money comes through that office every day, though. Anyway, so I got called... And I was noticing throughout the process that I was there, I was trying to pay attention to the process that was going on for people that got there. So I would be less uncomfortable, more familiar as as it came. Relatively simple, it seemed like. You know, you have your paperwork all filled out, everything that's matched up on your paperwork, as long as uh, none of the questions that you've answered yes to have the stop sign on them, you know, that very first page that you fill out. If you've answered yes on any of those questions or whatever, you're not supposed to be able to apply. Those ladies will turn you right around if you've answered yes on any of those. So you have to know your shit a little bit. And uh, ultimately, you're going to have to petition the uh, director if they tell you no or you have to click any of those yeses. It's up to the director. He can issue you per the regulations, which read those. Anyway, so I get up there and... She tells me that I can't apply for this. And I'm like, I'm already prepared for a little bit of heartbreak. You know, I'm already prepared for it to absolutely be like, nah, not at all, not at all. What I wasn't mostly prepared for, because I had thought that I got all my eggs in a row, everything was taken care of, was for them to say, nah, you can't apply. You're going to have to write the director. And it just wouldn't compute. So I didn't. I wasn't thinking how, how complicated this is going to be. At first, I'm thinking, like, I got to write them a letter and then mail it in and all this other, like, old school shit. I tell her, no, there's no way that I, I'm not able to apply. There's no way that I'm not able to turn in my uh, application. I'm Tim Martin, damn it. There's no way. I've already read through, mostly because I've read through these regulations. Mm-hmm. And I know what the regulations say. So I was like in a questionable type voice. I'm like, doesn't it say here, 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 here? And with a little bit of prodding, she's like, okay, well, why don't you sit down? I'll see if Will or Samantha, whatever her name is, are here. And uh, so William, the lead investigator, was the guy that I had called the week before to try and see if I should even apply because they would have told me this back then. But he calls me and leaves me a message saying, it's up to you if you want to apply. You read the rules. Use your judgment whether or not you should apply. So that's what I did. I used my judgment. I went and applied. When he finally came out, because I sat there forever, when he finally came out, went to go talk with me, I kind of explained to him, like, hey, you called me, or I called you, uh, you sent me a message for this, this is why I'd come in, you know, I wouldn't have come in if I'd have known I had to do this and this and this and this, which is fine. He's very, very, very nice. Like, super nice for cop. Like, craziest cop. I, I'm, like, sitting there with, like, cop in the headlight, deer in the headlight cop eyes. I'm like, uh-huh. Yes, sir. No problem. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of that. So, he's super cool with me. sees all the paperwork that I have. Um, goes over to go make a copy of it. 
And I question him what kind of letter I'm supposed to write. And he's like, oh, just write a certain letter uh, explaining your case. Understand that the director's going to have to okay you. So I sit back down, wait for him to copy all that shit, write the letter, turn in all my paperwork. They take the money. I get fingerprinted. The badge gets printed off. I see the badge two feet in front of me. With your name on it? It's got my picture and my name and everything. It's sitting right there, dude. They give me a lanyard. And then the lady's like, basically, they just rubber stamp everybody that goes through there. I mean, that's kind of the thing, is if anything comes up in maybe the week that they're looking really into your background to make sure that your paperwork or whatever says the same thing that the, comes up on the background, you're going to be okay. Like, they even print up your badge there, have you write it out a self-address stamped envelope for yourself. Uh, the ladies question you if anything comes up that's weird. I don't know. It's pretty easy. It's a lot easier than a lot of people think it is who haven't went and got it. And especially if you have nothing on your record. Period. End of story. Another thing that's weird, though, that people should know in listening to this and are interested in this, if you haven't already tuned out, we'll get to Max and Telly here in a second. Because I know this is getting to the point of, of boringness. But it's important information to know and updates for myself. I know a few people are kind of waiting to see what happens with me. See what goes on with them. Uh... One of the important things to know is that basically, as of July 1st, all the rules that they follow for licensing and badging are the same. So there's no more retail, there's no more medical. Period, end of story, it's all all the same. So the only difference between the applications that you fill out now, um, besides a few questions that they ask, but even with those questions that they ask, they're I think they're financial ones. Like if you own oh the schools, anything, federal schools, uh, any debts, uh, student loan. Oh, wait, that is student loan. Just back taxes. Back taxes. They don't ask that on the retail side. So the difference now between the applications, if you fill out a medical or a retail one, is the medical is two years and the retail is one. And they're both $150. And none of this is online. Not a single bit of it. I brought that up to the lead investigator. I was like, you know... It doesn't really explain online that this is the case with everything, that these rules... And he, and he explained to me, well, we're kind of working with the red line situation right now, the red line rules, which, if you don't know, are the edits to the rules that they say already went into effect in July, but, like, are still being okayed by the med. So, we'll get into that more. Jessica LaRue contacted me, too, and she's always fired up about the med on Adam Dunn show all the time. She's always talking about how the med breaking its own rules and this and that. And I won't have you guys throw the med under the bus or anything. <laughs> but it does seem in a lot of situations that they follow their own rules. And I'm not talking about like the rules that are printed, the rules that are supposed to be out there, the regulations that have put into place. It's discriminant by them and them only. And it's kind of weird. It's a weird place to be in that med office. I said it felt kind of good and, and all that stuff, but it's you got like badge people walking around that really doesn't happen in any other state. A situation that's regulated, that's implemented, almost unlike any other state out there. So it does get a little bit weird. It, it, you're you are a few times probably like 
You know, there's only you were the first generation. You, we are the first people to actually sit in a situation like this. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's a lot of contradictions also with like what the Department of Agriculture is going to require versus what the MED requires. And yeah. then one will say defer to the other, and then the other says the same thing, and you just get this circular. You don't know what rule to follow. Yeah, it's. It, I'm going through it. My goal in life right now is just to become as versed as I can in the med regulations and be as valuable as I possibly can. So if they do call me up, whether it's the one to three within the one to three weeks that it could take for them to give me an answer. By the way, Rob Corey did call me up. I don't think I mentioned this on the show, but he Rob Corey did or did message me and say, "Hey, if we're going to sue these bastards if they don't give it to you," <laughs> which they're not bastards, but that's quite interesting in itself. Jessica was qu- pretty quick to be like, "Yo, I'll uh, I'll jump on that. We'll sue them too." All right, uh, that's enough of that. Are you ready to get to Incredibles? You have questions? Oh, yes, I do. You have shiz on the way. Coffee. That I do. I life do blood too. Of, yeah. Lifeblood of bike. Need it. <laughs> All right, let me uh, fill in this spot so we can put a commercial here. Our good buddies over at Cannabis Take Network. Take a deep breath. Hold your breath for 60 seconds. Cannabis Network Radio can put this commercial in here, and we can start a brand new segment with the uh, guys from Incredible. So it's the John Radio Show. Thanks for listening to us. If you're live... On Sunday in the chat room, invite your friends. I like to dip in the chat room. Mike likes to dip, dip in dick in the chat room. I dip my dick in the chat room and <laughs> kind of test the waters and see how things are going. Sensitive test of the waters, right there. Shit that you guys like to talk about, we also like to talk about. So join us Sundays live livestream.com slash Adam Dunn Show, or you could catch us streaming on the Cannabis Network Radio and on other networks throughout the week. It's the JDI.
You're listening live If you're with us on Sunday 2 to 5 Livestream.com That's mountain time Mile high time You can't get much higher than we are Literally right now on the JDR We're on the second floor here too Hanging out with Grambo The co-host Mike And with us now Two guys that I've known for quite a long time Well especially Max I've known Max for years and years now, it seems like. Not Ages. In, not intimately, though. <laughs> Unfortunately. No, I'm just kidding. Max and Telly <laughs> hanging out with us here on the John Doe Radio Show. They are from Incredibles, Edibles, and Extracts. Uh, we're going to try and talk to you. We're going to try and get as much out of them as possible. Let's just say that, because there's probably a situation where we can't really talk about too much tech or get into too many details, necessarily. I don't want these guys to give away any secrets necessarily I don't think they would give away any secrets anyway but we'll let but them listen carefully you never know yeah you'll never know but uh, so you guys how long have y'all been with Incredibles basically since they started doing extracts is that yeah basically um, it really started out um, a little over a year ago for me Derek and I were at Pink House together doing their thing over there and um, him and one of the executives didn't see eye to eye about where the future was going to go. And so Derek decided to pursue things with an old relationship he had with Medically Correct. And they were more than happy to, um, you know, restart that alliance. And he pulled me over as soon as he could. Yeah. And, um, and then we basically started taking over their extract department, which at that point was just for the candy bars. And we stepped that up a lot and also started to introduce extracts to, to their... Because everybody loves incredible extracts. It seems like, you know, you when you think about the companies that are probably going to be like the big companies that you think of now, you know, I mean, it, say like Hershey's or uh, like beer companies come up a lot, you know, like a Budweiser or something of the cannabis industry. I certainly can think of Incredibles as possibly being one of those uh, groups that can do that. So it, th- that's what's cool is it was it was great to see people grow from kind of grassroots level to where they're at right now. And it's specifically like with you, man. I mean, yeah, you came in basically begging for a job uh, buying weed from a shop up north in Windsor. Uh, coming in, picking up your weed every day, and it was like, hey, you guys, I shouldn't say begging, but it... Right. It, it, it actually started with uh, attack dogs, because that's what I was doing. And I'd approached Tina, Derek's business partner, about if they needed security, because yeah. I knew you couldn't have guns and weed in the same place. Uh, but it was also the best weed in town, so it was the only place I went to. Yeah. And it was only a matter of time before... I think the story was you just come in so much that they finally decided to hire you. <laughs> that's right. what the thing was. So, And that's cool. And, and worked in one of... Uh, was worked in some of the most productive gardens here mm-hmm. in Colorado. Uh, just from from beginning to end, have have been privileged to a lot of awesome knowledge and a lot of awesome people in the industry. And when I say a lot of people could say that, but this is the, this is not just saying it with you guys, with people that are involved with Incredibles. I mean, these are some of the elite people, the some of the people that have actually learned were in the industry before it all started. Are not people that have just come in from the sideline. You know, with money, and even if it was people with money, have hired you know knowledgeable people. You know, people that are 
the true kind of masterminds of behind the scenes here in Colorado. And Telly, when Telly came into the scene, when I remember some of the first times that I met you, especially over at Hood Lab, this dude is like the quietest, smartest scientific dude I kind of know. <laughs> Whether that's true or not, it, it's just what it seemed like. So how did you get started here in this industry? Uh, I was originally out in Massachusetts doing my thing. Uh, I ran into some trouble out there in... 2013, I went out to California for a little bit, like eight months. It was a little bit too much for me at the time. I was looking for a more professional atmosphere, and uh, I, uh, I had actually I had gotten in touch with uh, with Derek and hit him up for a job. I was about to turn 21, and uh, had had kind of had an opportunity at Incredibles and saw that they were one of the most professional companies in the industry. Yeah, and when we uh, when we mentioned Derek, Derek heads up the extract. <coughs> He's the head of... Well, Derek's a principal. Um, okay. He's an executive in the company. So just so people know, because we've mentioned his name a few times here. So yeah. So just so people know. Plus... Right. So the backstory is Derek opened up In Harmony Wellness years ago yeah. when you guys first had the store. I don't know, you know, your listeners now, if they know oh, the people, whole uh, yeah, backstory. Oh, people, yeah, tons of... Definitely a bunch of people listening that know who it is. But we also have a bunch of people that just don't. You right, know? right. Um, so, yeah, he... He's been um, he's been involved in a lot of stuff the whole time, and he they brought him on really to take over the garden and extracts. Extracts got kind of pushed into my division, and we're really you know between Telly, me, and Derek, we make a lot of uh, a lot of the high level decisions regarding all of that. Uh, but Derek is is on top of the food chain with nice. with Rick and Bob as the as the main executives. Nice. So, mm-hmm. it, it some of the best that best hash that I've ever had has been from this group of people. I mean, by far, uh, people talk about Green Dot being some of the best hash. Incredibles hasn't actually been making hash or released hash for that long. When did you guys start start first popping out hash? Uh, our first run was actually uh, New Year's Day. Ghost, New Year's Day. Yeah, Ghost of Leroy Fresh Frozen. Nice. So. I, I have a million questions that I guess I want to ask you, though. It's basically because I don't know. I've been out of it for so long. I don't know how to make a closed loop hash. I don't know how to make the shatter of today. I, I, I don't know any of that. Is there. Why don't you guys just start? Give me some example of something like where. What's the best way to go about making hash? Well, the, I mean, the safest and most controlled, obviously, you, I mean, you should be using a closed-loop Pull that system. mic closer. You should be using a closed-loop system engineered by, uh, you know, engineered by uh, an actual engineer with degrees and looking at everything from static to, you know, pressure, what type of welds you have, all that. Chemical so, compatibility, all of that. Chemical compatibility? As What's far that? As, as far as the components that you're using, what the seals are, you know. All of that sort of stuff. Basically, so the whole thing doesn't explode, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people making closed loops right now, and there's not a lot of closed loops out there. So there's not a lot of good closed loops out there, sorry. Okay, so I guess, is there only a few com- Like, how much does one of these th- things cost, first of all? It, What's a good closed of, loop system? You know, you're going to find a, a huge scale on that. You can get some that are 
going to be two or five thousand dollars, and then you're going to find stuff up into the hundred and two hundred thousand dollar range. Um, the machine that we wow. designed, this is actually what Derek's doing full time right now. He's starting to work out back taxes and issues with the Silver Lizard. So technically, he's really not um, legally on any paperwork with Incredibles. He's he's mainly doing the machine shop and yeah. the extractor that we had to uh, invent. Really, there was a bunch of extractors out there that we were all using, and none of them could really meet the demands that we needed to. We are all smokers, and we wanted high-class shatter, but Incredibles needs kilos on kilos of oil for their edibles. And so we were backed into a corner (laughs) when legislative things were going into play about what machines were approved and certified, and everyone was trying to retroactively fit their existing machines into the framework of what was going to comply and none of them really were going to meet the standards for us to hit the connoisseur level for the smokers and the commercial level for the edibles. And so uh, we really had to marry together all the things that we liked and didn't like from all the machines that currently existed. Yeah. Um, so that's really what, you know, that's Derek's full thing right now. And I think that um, starting with good equipment is going to be the most important thing for your procedure. Our so mach- how many companies actually are able to sell a machine here in how many companies are compliant here in Colorado oh geez you know let me actually pull this up right now as far as extractor companies yeah um, on my iPad which I'm talking and searching <laughs> through at the same time it looks like it looks like there are 10 right now 10, ten manufacturers that make legitimate certified Extraction equipment approvals, is according to the fire department. Is, is Tammy on the list still? So is Colorado the only? Is Colorado the strictest when it comes to? It doesn't look like it is actually. Oh. It's it's quickly becoming in Denver. Denver is definitely the strictest. Denver, Denver fire, is, yeah. They've always been insanely strict like that. So with every machine, there's probably some slight differences between. Uh, one of them. What's what do some of the best machines include? Like, what's the best way to go about getting shatter? Like, I, I honestly don't know from beginning to end. Like, how what the process is. So, when you guys, my question would be, when you guys get whatever product that you're using, what's the best product to use besides Nug Run? I guess you could say. So, how, how would you prepare a Nug Run? Um. See, these are things that I don't know. If if you you know, I think the source material and the equipment you use is going to have the biggest factor on what you do. It's a really procedural thing. And even though Derek and I and Telly have spent years to develop what we've, you know, where we've gotten to now, I think that I could get my mom in the lab and show her <laughs> the procedures with the equipment that we do and she could replicate anything because it really is, you know, is less of an art, I feel, and more of a science and is a very replicatable thing. And your source material is going to be the biggest factor for sure. So do you are you do you crunch up I mean should you crunch up all those buds or should you just leave them intact? What's the deal? Um I mean yeah I I would most people do. I mean uh it it really depends on what you got in front of you and what you're looking at whether you just do it by hand or maybe you throw it in a blender and actually you know grind it up a little bit more. Um I always I mean I'd like to start with the freshest material. I mean, uh, I'm not really a fan. If you're if you're making hash, I mean that hash has grown on the plant. As much as I respect the plant and love the flowers while they're growing, I'm not much of a flower smoker. 
And uh, I've gotten more back into it here lately. Me as well. It's weird. I kind of I've I was never ever ever, and then I've kind of come a little bit full circle here. So so it's when it's fresh, it's just easier to get all of those trichomes, all everything that you want to get. Uh, I I I mean I think it's better then. Doesn't mean, pull out a lot of the plant matter more when it's dried or when it's wet than when it's dry. We, are we talking about Nug Run or Fresh Frozen? I think we're just talking about material in general. Oh, material in okay. general, like is Nug so Nug Run's usually dried out. I mean, do you ever get fresh? Nugs and uh, run those. Yeah, I mean, I mean that could, seems like that would be the best situation to go with. Certainly, that's the best of all <laughs> yeah. all scenarios. Fresh. That just makes me smile. Like there, you know, there's some things in life. Like last night, I hopped on a bike. It was like the first time I've been on a bike for I don't even know how long. It's just ridiculous amount of time, and like I could only help but just kind of get this stupid grin on my face. Like, oh, this is fun. You know, just some stupid kid like grin. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about running fresh buds that got me a little bit giddy there you know smiling a little bit it's certainly the most ideal thing to to get your hands on if if source material is the most important part then then that would make sense nice so then our most closed extract machines though are like do they have what's what's the i'm serious i don't know what anything about it are they like a big drum that has bolts on top? That R two D two. Yeah, like a can. Like, do you just load R two D two like a trash can? I mean, some of them look just like that. Have you not? <laughs> have you not seen our machine? No, dude. I don't know anything about schmack with this. I'll at least find a picture for you while we're talking right here. So I'm abusing the show to be able to learn, like I always have. <laughs> um, but uh. Sorry. Is it? What's the hardest part about learning how to run one of these things? Is it just knowing which valve to pull at what time? Honestly, I like to I like to tell people like if we got to teach someone new or something, you know, like I guess it's easier for people my age and stuff like that. But you know, like if you can remember some like it's simple science principles that you're like yeah you know like you learned in school you know gases well, so expand when they're heated up you know like some people didn't pass eighth grade science yeah though. I guess but I mean I, you can't. You, kind of got to know some of this to run a closed loop it's all it's all you know in there see i see like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten i don't even know like 15 valves at least here right (laughs) it's it's a lot more simple than it looks so where do you load this then the top part of it is going to be your material column there's there's going to be a tank on the side that is your solvent container and that's what that is. Yeah, exactly. And what are you, these other minis down here? Those are just components on the machine that you can change out. Those aren't part of the operation. If you just you know omit okay. what you're seeing there. So what I'm seeing right here, I, if I could bring this photo up, I would. It looks it, like an hourglass. Yeah, it does. It looks like an hourglass, but a steel hourglass with some valves right in the middle. You load up the top, and then there's a hose hooked up to a canister on the side that looks like something out of Ghostbusters. I mean, it really does. Mm-hmm. That's a badass. With, uh, and that's got what kind of, I mean, N-butane? Yeah, this is designed for N-butane. We're working on getting other hydrocarbons in it, but as far as approval... Which is what, like, what, propane? Yeah, propane. People want to do blended gases and whatnot. Um, Propane's the next big thing. Uh, yeah, we, to some people. Yeah, I... <laughs> currently, I only know one person out in California that makes propane oil I would smoke. Craft 710 here makes it, and uh, I wasn't too impressed before with it. So right, eh, I didn't figured. I figured it probably wouldn't catch on, but there's some people that just swear to it. Right, 
They talk um, about it being cleaner. Talk about they enjoying it more. I think it's is it cheaper? That's probably the big thing. Uh, it's easier for people to purge because it it uh, boils at a lower temperature. So, so yeah, really to me that's really you know like would be the only advantage to it because there's disadvantages in some of the extraction. So what's the after you've got all this stuff in here? What happens in the top part of the machine? So that all, obviously all that material stays in the top part of the machine. It does. So basically every closed loop extraction device is going to run on the on pretty much the same principles. Okay. If you look at a picture of ours versus a picture of two or three other people's, they're going to look roughly the same. Okay. Um, you're pretty much just going to pass your solvent over your plant matter, collect in the bottom the solution of the essential oil you're going for and your solvent. In the bottom? In the bottom part. And then you can use one of the valves of the many you saw on there. You can isolate the top part of the column where the weed is uh-huh. so you can remove it once you're done with the run and you spend the rest of the time distilling your butane back over. I don't know if you're familiar with the distillation process. It's very uh, similar to no. alcohol. I'm not. I'm not really. Well, uh, so what's, wait. Hold on here. So, you've got what's in the middle? What kind of screen? We have filters. You know, there's many filters. Some people use okay. coffee filters. <laughs> um, there's lab filters out there of varying degrees of yeah. micron size and flow rate. So there's a lot of variables, and there's no one yeah. way to do it. Whether it's food grade or whether it's shatter, whether you're trying to move it to. Texas illegally and you don't you want money and you don't care about quality or so there's just a bunch of pressure up in this top valve and like you open up the bottom valve or something like that and yeah and you pretty much just do a wash a liquid wash right over it um, nice. one of the things that I think makes our machine more advantageous than others I was saying earlier they pretty much all look the same the main principles of it you're gonna have three containers yeah one is gonna have your solvent one's gonna have your weed and the third is where you're gonna collect the extraction um, and then at this point, your empty solvent container can now have your solvent distilled back over into it. So with the um, size of these top canisters or whatever, is it just the difficulty of making a bigger canister or is there physics that go along with the pressure? That's I mean, obviously, probably the bigger you get, the more pressure you need and the more uh, solvent that you need. But I mean... Are bigger runs let harder to get good grade I'm, from? I'm glad you asked that, actually. Oh, that, I'm so glad that I did, too. Makes that was something, smart. I think, that makes our machine advantageous over yeah. others. And one of the reasons why our hashes is, is better than a lot of people's, like I was saying earlier, is the equipment alone. Um, what we learned, Derek and I, back at Pink House, was when you were just open blasting with uh, cans, it takes roughly 90 seconds to pump a can into a column. <laughs> and so if you wanted to do like a one pound tube and you wanted to put 12 or 15 cans through it, you're talking 20 to 30 minutes of solvent exposure time. Okay. So uh, regardless of the size of the run, when you're open blasting like that, you really just can't seem to effectively remove the solvent off the plant matter in a timely fashion. That's Yeah, and there's like probably, I mean, it's got to be like filling up. I mean, some of it's, you need a hundred ovens and just do small yeah. runs. Right, right. So with our machine, we can uh, we use nitrogen. This machine can be ran passively, mechanically, or with inert gas pressure. Nitrogen? Yeah, we use Tim nitrogen to pressurize away. the fuel, and then we can keep cold solvent. I'm trying to keep up. I really am. Um, and uh, so basically, with us using nitrogen pressure, our solvent exposure time is so much lower than it ever was glass uh, blasting with glass tubes. So why why is that? Is it uh, I, I'm trying to think of like so how does that make it more even then? More even. 
how do you? The, we, we I'm push, lost. The liquid gets pushed through the the butane stays liquid the whole time, so it's liquid in the yeah. in the tank, and it's put it's getting pushed on by nitrogen. So yeah, it's got nitrogen behind there, it. Don't it. it. It's got nitrogen behind it pushing through pushing through the machine the whole time. So you can you can pretty much use oh. use the nitrogen regulator as a as like your so your Mike gas was saying pedal. like he was trying to throw in there it was like turbocharged yeah like it's like yeah. a rocket yeah. behind yeah. it all mm-hmm. and it's just pushing the liquid it's pushing your liquid butane so you can use the nitrogen and vacuum pressure on the other side to control exactly how fast you want to pull through your column so the longer that you have butane in your plant material the more waxes and plant material it's going to pull out yeah exactly precisely right precisely okay so you you don't necessarily want that right no you don't you really don't butane but you figured out the perfect equation for it butane is cool because it's really selective and it happens to be one of those solvents that wants to take everything that you want and eliminates most things that you don't and at lower temperatures, things have lower solubility. If you think about trying to dissolve uh, sugar in iced tea versus sugar in hot tea, it, go- <laughs> it goes really quick in hot tea. So wow. if there's things that you don't want to extract at lower temperatures, you circumvent that. Um, and uh, so that's one of the things that we learned with our machine. Just to give you raw numbers, to go back to the example from yeah. when Derek and I were at Pink House, um, it took, like I said, roughly... 25 to 30 minutes to run enough <laughs> solvent to do one pound extractions 25 minutes to do a one pound, a ex- pound. just to run the solvent through and uh and with our machine now we can run five pounds in five minutes really yeah so you so know, so at that it, 25 minutes is just way too long to be having solvent on your weed absolutely okay. absolutely i mean depending we still had good quality stuff for for at the time that's at, what we have for years though yeah exactly but that, i know but i'm just like i'm yeah, like i'm the, going from no it's just interesting to think it, about i yeah. mean you know the best stuff just, that just, we did at pink house was made that way but it also gave us the opportunity to refine it further working on the de-waxing process there's another um, funny word I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, well, you know, it's been not not very necessary for us because the quality of our extraction has negated the need to even go really? for that because our exposure time to the solvent and plant so how is are so people low de- now. So how do people de-wax? Because that was part of my whole questioning process, too. Is Yeah. I mean, I know I kind of know from before, but how how are some people doing that? In super sketchy ways, and you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll admit, back in the day, not professionally, but including myself, you know, there's only you can only work with what you got at the time. Filling beakers with with butane, yeah, and just having respect for the danger of what you're doing and understanding the potential risks and trying so, to mitigate that. Using not using a, uh, a vacuum pump, but pulling vacuum on chambers and using inert vacuum basically huh. to, you know, there's details of it that are not relevant anymore because <laughs> it's not necessary anymore. So um, de-waxing de- is just not really necessary anymore then? If you've got really low-quality material that you need to clean up, then, yeah, it still is, is necessary. So how would you professionally you do that? you get some shit or run you don't mind ruining. Okay. But yeah. Uh, we have done it. We can professionally do it. Our machine has the capability of doing it. We've designed an apparatus. What if you don't have for- it? Isn't it in distillation now? Doesn't that have something to do with the de-wax, de-waxing because it distilled the gas? No, no. The de- That's going to be just part of the recovery of any run you do. Um, the de-waxing is more uh, precipitating out uh, less desirable components. It's essentially the same as winterization <laughs> with alcohol. I don't know. So if you're just familiar. doing it colder temperature. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what exactly. I was going to ask too: is what's the difference between winterization and de-waxing? You know, <laughs> winterization is a is a dual solvent. 
de-wax and de-waxing is a single solvent so, winterization. If that makes if that makes sense. So what are you doing? Basically, just leaving it in its liquid form and so it doesn't get it. fucked with in the beginning. Leaving it so cold. Leaving it saturated in solvent for long enough at a low enough temperature to precipitate out um, constituents okay. that were dissolved and will no longer dissolve at lower temperatures. Man. Think about think about this. Pretend this like is basic shit that people have known for years, but this is stuff that I haven't cared to put two and two together for a couple years now. So just pretend like... By the way, we're talking with Telly and Max from Incredible Extracts and Edibles. Um, so you know coconut oil, and, yeah. and when it gets cold, it solidifies. And yes. when it's warm, it's liquid. Yes. So think about trying to pour that through a strainer when it's warm. Uh-huh. It's going to go right through. Okay. And if you pour that through a strainer when it's frozen... I got you. It's not going through. Okay. So that's basically what you're trying to do in the de-waxing is pretend like there's some waxes and fats. And if there was coconut oil in it and you <laughs> didn't want it to go through, you freeze it, it will solidify. That's nuts. I think that's basically the most layman way to explain it. Yeah, and I can expect that most machines would be all-inclusive now or try to be as much all-inclusive <laughs> as possible. So mm-hmm. what? Uh, damn, so what's a $200,000 machine? Overkill. That's a CO2 uh, machine. A CO2 machine. Yeah. Okay. okay. Still not really. Most most CO2 oils are really waxy and actually have a high amount of uh, beta beta carophylline in them. Is that why it, it tastes like carrots? Yeah. <laughs> well, That's what I was thinking, kinda too. That, um, it, you see it a lot. You kind of see it high in CBD oils as well, that yeah. carophylline and beta mercine. Well, because we well, used to... You know, notice you did say most CO2. Have you seen any... Awesome CO two ever? Uh, not really. I mean, we got to play around with a with a pretty good machine, a water CO two machine that uh, can fraction things out itself. And uh, you know, so we we collected a terp fraction, you know, a light, medium, heavy fraction. And I, you know, took we took some of the terps and smoked on them. And even that, after a while, um, one of our homies, Dicky, told me he's like, "Dude, you got to stop smoking that." Like I can tell by your coughs. He was my roommate at the time. He's like. <laughs> Your coughs are getting different. Sure. That, that sounds gross. Yeah, like, that's very... Stop smoking that shit. I haven't seen Dickie in a while either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, because we, we used to have a sponsor on the John Radio Show that made CO2. I think they probably still do, but uh, the thing was, it was super... Tim got pneumonia from smoking it. Really? Yeah. It's super watery, heavy watery. That batch was... That's the second yeah, time I've gave myself pneumonia from smoking C- bad CO2 shit. CO2 oil needs to get purged. <laughs> I, um, I believe it's actually... Stop uh, joking. <laughs> Who laughed? No, <laughs> not many people can say that. Dr. <laughs> Raber from fiends. the workshop was the first person who I heard, you know, like, say that. Like, you know, like, you need to remove the water from your CO2 oils because that was some of the only oils that he was seeing that were coming back... With Dude. mold in them because they were stored improperly oh, wow. and molded after the fact when they really shouldn't be coming out of the CO2 machine with mold. It wow. Was just, it was just, you know, from the air and they collected mold and water and molded just like, you know, like bubble hash would if you stored it wet. Well, yeah. on the other side of it, when you get <clears throat> the fraction particles, like you were saying, you get the liquid, but you also get like the waste of the THCA crystals or the CB, uh, CBD powder. Have you seen these? Yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about, yeah. There's interesting constituents just in random places in the machine we found. Um, so you're, you can dab that shit and get wasted. It doesn't so have a little t- flavor, but... Yeah. Wait, by constituents you mean... They look, they look like crack rocks or sh- meth shards. Inside the machine? 
Like inside your guys' machine? Yeah, we found we found interesting white residues on the backside of our filters. Um, <laughs> you know, just there was just peculiar things that. <laughs> like, let's smoke it and see what it does. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we put it on a nail and it smelled like plastic. Oh my goodness! Mm. Yeah. So did it, so did anybody have the balls to smoke it? You've smoked it? No, I don't think anyone hit that. No, no, it, no yeah, no. it was just a nail test. <laughs> Send it um, off to get tested. And, you know, I just want to say something real quick. I don't want to talk too much trash about CO2. There's a lot of places where butane is illegal. And we're really hoping that yeah. someone, you know, we're not biased towards butane because we made a machine. Um, you know, we want to operate in places where butane is illegal. And we want people where butane is illegal to be able to do that, too. Um, yeah. So it's really not uh, – there's no agenda behind this opinion, but yeah. hopefully just hopefully fact. someone dials in something. So, I mean, I, like I was saying, that's the point I was getting to is that I have dabbed some quality CO2. Mm-hmm. doesn't have much flavor, Yeah, but it's super potent, which was awesome. I've seen medicine. the shattery. Yeah. <laughs> Very different buzz. Um, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, but yeah, it's it's out there. There's this, it's a very expensive machine. Yeah, I think I don't I don't know the technicalities of it. And I won't do it any justice. But someone said the ones the, most machines have two chambers that you really need a third to collect the moisture, hmm. and you can do that. Yeah, we that talked. To, they talked about that a little bit too when we had uh, when we had that sponsor at one point in time. Is is getting that is I mean it's kind of a diff- difficult process to get all that. They make Monsanto CO two machines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But see, I've had to shatter CO two shatter before. Yeah, I'm curious. Have you seen on that? It's I, harsh. I haven't personally seen it. No, it is. The, it the, is kind of harsh. The kind I had it. I've heard it's improved since, but that's uh, I haven't seen it yet. There was even this one time where it tasted like birthday cake. I don't, I'm not sure what they added to it, but we had this stuff that was just like super chocolatey birthday cake. Frosty. I think I remember that old JDR show. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I can't even think of the company's name right now. It was Evo. I think it was Evo Labs. Yeah, yeah, it was Evo Labs, for sure. They had the shatter. They had that. Um, For sure, though, I coughed so hard. One of the first times that I ever tried, or not one of the first times I ever tried to make hash, but outside in the snow and super cold, (laughs) like you're sitting here blasting out in my back. I got pneumonia at that time, and then CO2. Just because you cough so hard and your lungs can't, Close, or there's so much moisture in those dabs that your lungs can't get that all out. Yeah, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot it was twice. Thanks for reminding me on that. So this is the only time I think I ever remember having pneumonia too. <laughs> I want to talk about strains. You guys are running, and I got a couple questions. Can we Absol- go there? Yeah. Did we? Uh, so just off memory from the from the handful of times I'm going down to Kind Love and getting your black label. I'm getting. Larry. Yeah. I'm getting Larry Chem Band. That's one of my favorites. Okay. So I'm trying to figure out, is that two strains mixed? Is that three strains mixed? That's actually uh, three strains mixed. So there's Larry. And there's, what, what chem are you running? Larry uh, Chem Double D. It's actually an old pack that, uh, that Derek got on like a, one of the last reservoir drops. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it was it 2008, probably wow. 2008 or it 2009. Finally popped that. Derek picked mm-hmm. up. Yeah, he popped some of the last seeds. We got uh, we got a pretty killer pheno out of it. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's uh, Larry OG. It's a Larry from Cali Connection mixed with uh, Rez's Chem Double D and Headband Eleven from IC Collective. Cool. All right. So then there's the Sour Band. 
Sour Band, yeah, that's a seed we popped. Another one from IC Collective. That's just one strain? Uh, yeah, that's, um, yep, that's, uh, the Headband, uh, Headband 08 by AJ Sour Reversed. Um, AJ Sour Reversed sounds pretty good in itself. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Would the other ones? These are the ones that go the fastest, by the way. Too. I don't even know if you guys know. <laughs> yeah, sour. The sour bando nine is sour my bando nine. That's the fresh frozen one. Uh, we use the I use the O nine when naming it. Just to that's our single fino one after okay. we've selected because there's uh there's actually that sa- the sour band with the capital sour is a mix of the sour band and the headband. Ah, uh, okay. Cool. What's the I'm difference glad between these questions? What's the difference between the black label and do you and what's your regular? Do you have a regular label? Black label is the stuff they grow and blast. White label is what they probably. The yellow label is what they process. Wait, 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 wait! You went way too fast for that because nobody heard you. On yeah, that. we don't have a white label. It's actually. yellow label, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah so black label is trying to confuse you with the white label guys mm-hmm. <laughs> that you grew personally. Stuff that you grew in house, incredible. Yes. And, is uh, Steve head that these, up? These strains that we're talking about right here. Are the, are the black labels. So my man yeah. Steve is heading up your guys' grow over there. Mm-hmm. It's, ah, it's Steve too. We should have brought Steve in today. Right. It's a joint effort. Everyone. Yeah. It's a, you know. It's a. Com- oh, I'm sure. It's a committee deal. That's the craziest thing. Is like everybody over there really knows how to grow some shit, man. I'm talking like yeah. grow really good weed and grow a lot of it in a <laughs> in a small space. I mean, you guys have proven that time and time again. High times. It's been like <laughs> featured in high times plenty of times. I, can't, I still think back when I was in high school, looking at High Times magazines, wondering if I would have seen the things that I was seen today, and if. What's up here? Yeah. Oh, bikes got food here. My coffee. Behind. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Interrupting the radio. Well, I told the motherfuckers to text me because I'm upstairs and I won't hear the phone. I'm sitting here checking my text and I haven't texted. Yeah. So anyway, th- I mean. I feel fortunate just to see what I've seen. I can't imagine what you guys, you know, have been through. But like thinking back, wanting to like rip out the page and like eat it. Oh, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying like those yeah. periods of time when you were like, you know, when I grow up, I'm never gonna run out of weed. There's never gonna be a situation to where I'm dealing with right now, waiting for this mo- to call me back. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? Like yeah. we were on at that point one time, and then to think that we've all hung out with the high times people. We've all, you know, you guys particularly. Have given these guys material to, to put in their magazines. It's just it's really surreal sometimes. It's it's really cool. Um, yeah. Getting back to what I was going to say. So the black label stuff you've grown. Yes. What else do you have? Uh, black label and yellow label. Yellow label okay. is just contract work that we do for other people, and black label is is our in house stuff. We're really spoiled. You know, we've got an edible an edible production facility, so we'll go through and we just hack off. The tippy tops, the colas, mm. we really just take the cream of the crop. And even those, we give a nice little haircut to just to take off the blades of any leaves poking out and really take off anything void of trichomer that's not the highest of the caliber of quality. And then we don't nice. we don't trash any of it because it still goes... Yeah, it, I was going to say, is like, how do you pick the difference between black label, yellow label, and food grade? I mean, I guess it would kind of be easy, but... Yeah, well, you know, black label is just the... T- Tippy tops and everything else goes into the goes Sweet. into the edibles and you know the edible stuff is still what people would consider nug oh. nug run and whole plant run. It's just <laughs> just the lower part of it. So yeah. So there's nothing low quality about what we consider the food grade stuff. It's just we really take the 99th percentile for 
for wear a black label. Nice. Now so, here, hold on. Let me get back. Ahead. Let me get back to my side. Sorry to hog the mic here. White cough. Yes. What is the white cough? That is uh, Fort Collins cough by the White, made by Nestor. I actually got those beans from Mitch. Okay. Or, that makes uh, sense. No, I think uh, I got different beans from Mitch. I think Derek, uh, Mitch gave those to Derek. But have yeah. we agreed that the purple phenol of Fort Collins cough is part of the tange? I didn't even know. <laughs> I don't know the Fort Collins cough, so. I'm still trying to get that original cut back. At, you not, are? Not back, track down. I have a homegirl who's um, who's got it. I'm I know. I can get. It. I can. Dude, somebody's off to the side at the time that we gave it out a bunch. I gave it out a bunch. I could get that. I, I would get that for you. I would like that. I'm pretty positive I can get it for you. you I'm know, pretty positive they still have the same exact cut of clone that I gave him from back in the day. Before I met and started working with Derek and got exposure to the Tange and some of the things <laughs> that we were running there, the cough in Fort Collins, I was, I think I was a freshman in college at the time. It was maybe 12 years ago, and I still remember what it looks like, smells like. Was it that, like, you know, small, dense nugs and kind of browner than anything? Not I don't su- know, man. Not, I have Not a, super brown, but definitely like golf ball nugs. The whole bag looked like because um, Fort Collins cough was like the biggest damn thing in forever here in yeah, Colorado. Yeah. Anyway, so the reason why I asked is because it looks really good, but I didn't get it at first because it, it looks all shattery, and I'm like, is that trim run? So uh, no, so hold on, hold on. Wait, oh, trim run shattery? Shut up. What? Shut up. <laughs> we'll go back to that in a second. So. I went to Kind Love again, and they're down to, like, three kinds. And I'm like, well, fuck, I got to get something. So I got it finally a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, damn, this is tasty as hell. Yeah. It's, and, um, it's just, to me, I associate Shatter with Trim it's, and more pull and snappy sap with Nug Run. That's mm-hmm. definitely my, my you know, I, I go for the softer oils, too. That one, when it came out, I was like, oh, damn, this one's going to be hard. I generally find that even uh, just from experience, the on a user end that the only one that I can think of a nug run that'll shatter up like that are hazes mm-hmm. um, have you experienced that too you know not personally but I do find that it's strain to strain where you know we're at the point now where we pretty much dial in what we do is the same every single time so procedurally nothing changes and the only variable for varying strains you, uh, yeah, I mean, at this point... You already know what you're going to do for every strain is what you're saying. For the most part, yeah. And so the only variation that we get, the only variable at all is, is what you're running. Okay. And, uh, and I feel like we really started to notice that back in the day where certain strains... Oh, yeah. You know, everyone knows now that Blue Dream is a butter risk. Um, <laughs> when back at Pink House, we were running Afgui a lot, and that every time came out shatter, just no matter what. And so I think that there's certain... Certain trichomes have different hardness levels, or maybe there's different terpene constituents yeah. that you know that are going to contribute different physical properties. And so, for sure. you know, it's just going to be that way. I feel like you can see it when you're feeling uh, finished nugs. You know, you, really, you pinch a bud and you feel some of them are more sticky. You can kind of feel of out and tell what like, what it's going to be well, when it blasts. Not really, but you can feel the differences on like a finished li- oh, for sure, live for sure. nug of, of, you know, Bubba versus a finished live nug of Jilly or whatever. Certain ones you'll notice that they just are less sticky and they feel harder. Some growers are have add that different variation too. You know what I'm saying? Like some growers, if you kind of match up one grower to the next, maybe that grower has a little bit more... Rocky, uh, uh, 
just harder. I, I don't know. It's just it, it, I know what you're talking about, but sometimes it does vary 100% between growers of like whether or not it's super hard or super sticky. Right, right. Well, the cannabis plant has so much variation to it. It's it's really wild. Um, you know, it's one of the few plants out there that has different chemotypes as well chemotypes? as as well as genotypes and phenotypes. And I need to look more into that. But right. I had I had an essential oil um, consultant and friend that was explaining that to me. Chemo and pheno and geno. Well, it's got it's, and grambo. You know, like, the wide the wide range of basic terpenes and everything is. There's not many plants that are really that will give you you know that many that wide range of chemicals. So are people extracting terpenes and adding them to things now? Uh, I've heard now, a couple things about been, that. Tim? Yeah, did uh, was heard that the clear or uh, plant it up? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Good All right, on. so I got it right here. A, Go ke- a chemotype is a chemically distinct entity in a plant or microorganism. So, you know, it's still cannabis sativa. It's still, you know, it's still the same thing, but this variety has a different chemical, consti- you know, chemical whatever makeup. That's crazy. So when you're running all this stuff, uh, my question was going to be, I, ca- I don't know exactly how to phrase it. Or Use your mouth. Where I want to go with it, exactly. <laughs> so what What do you find is the easiest strain to run? I mean, that's not the question I have. I'll think I'd about it. say that. they're all about the that's same. That's a dumb question. Let me, no, that is let me, dumb. Let me fill in. <clears throat> Where can we get your black label? Besides Kind Love, because it goes fast there. Um, it goes fast everywhere, really. I can imagine. Um, so we have it at Green Dream in Gun Barrel. Uh, we have some at uh, Boulder Wellness. Um, we got some at Sticky Buds right now. Rack. Sticky Buds, where's that? Where um, is, there's one on Alameda. They've got three locations. There's one I on Alameda. I heard of that one. Um, Back in the, like that's an old school dispensary name. Mm-hmm. Like, Sound, like, yeah, uh, sounds like Daddy yeah. Fat Sacks was the best one I've ever <laughs> right? heard. There's Back an, in the day. Yep. There's a spot on Federal called Chronic Life. I was like, okay, all right, that's yeah. an old school name too. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Denver, with more, with more Denver and more, Kush, Denver Kush Club picked it up. Uh, has been picking right. up some of it. But they're still around. Yeah, up yeah. on North Federal. Uh, no, they're down right it's over by Cervantes. Off Welton. Oh, yeah, okay. exactly. They they're in an area where they they could stay open selling anything. Yeah, and they probably <laughs> do sell anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so my my next question is, <clears throat> I, lo- I, lo- I love your product. Awesome, thank you. Yep. Um, thank you. Now, I, I like. To like look ahead too. I always like to be like, well, these fucking strains are awesome. There's a few that I just don't like because it's not my flavors. Yeah, we're doing a lot of fender hunting right now too. And well, that's what I want to know. Like, what what do you got coming up next? Um, um, like, what's down the road? Or I, I love I love the flavors. I just want to. I, I always like I like mixing it up. And you guys are going to be riding driving the bus for a while here, right? So. I'm looking up to you guys. What's cool the is to know the on. eliteness right. of the strains that you guys work with. I mean, you work with things that, I, I mean, maybe not so much with the contracted side, which I'm sure you'll try and do the best that you can with that, but the strains that you sp- specifically have in your garden or that you want to run with, I mean, these are tried and true awesome strains because I really have never heard of any whackness making it past <laughs> Derek's door, or at least his high threshold of what he feels <laughs> whackness is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's very low. Yeah, no, yeah, we're going we're going through a lot of them, you know, like we're, a lot of fruit. I'm not really a fan of the fruity stuff, and I'm probably sure bike isn't either. 
Um, Fruity. We, I actually, it's weird, you know, like I get a lot of feed, uh, watching the Instagram, we get a lot of feedback on the Fruity strain, so some of, them, some of those what are sticking say. around. I've just, a lot, like, a lot of lo- people the love The girls it. like them. The girls, even, even a lot more other people do. I like fruity strain. What is what, uh, what, particularly? What do you mean as a fruity? Like the uh, bike was talking about the kindness earlier. That's a strain from Bodie. We got. I don't think in. I've really ever had the kindness. Uh, it's Afrek by Snow Lotus. I'm not. I'm not really. I don't really know the Snow Lotus much. I've seen Afrek a couple times, but uh, I wasn't really a fan of that plant. Uh, it, it actually came out pretty low THC too, and uh, it was it was a weird one. But yeah, some pe- some people really like that and just. It was yeah. super flavorful. It just it was like getting uh, the Fruit of the Loom guys took a dump on your tongue. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit out the water there. I really had to. <laughs> Max wouldn't have been happy with me, and neither would have the computers right there. <laughs> What's another one? Like the kindness. What's some fruity? I mean, we've got the jelly in there. Oh, okay. uh, sour jelly. We've got like some uh, like tanned crosses that are coming out fruity. Sour jelly um, is that a mix or that's, is that a yeah? That's a sour band, uh, sour band jelly thirteen mix. Did you guys mix up some of the uh, chem and tange? Uh, I don't believe we've done that yet. Okay, I don't, I don't not yet. You did mix the tange in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, uh, there's it's mixed in and it's actually crossed in there too because Steve. Uh, Steve was working on a back crossing project with it, so like there's, uh, it's been crossed through with a, a few generations of. I wasn't a fan of those can- tanges when you added like tanj, whatever the strain was tanj. Mm-hmm. I'm just the only tanj. Tim's looking at me like, what the fuck are you? Tan tanj Irene, which is tanj by uh, Irene Rudeboy, is uh, it was one of my favorite and the. Uh, um, I think I guess it's the was the Rude Boy crosses out of that. So like the Tange Rude Boy cross was pretty good. The Rude Boy OG from Fletch. Yes. Oh yeah, I, I really like that. Rude Boy. So with individual strains, you know how much they kind of represent on the THC side, on the CBD side, on the CBN, CBG. Generally, you know what they are. Now, when you run them. Do they, I mean, it generally comes out like that? I mean, is there anything that you can do to make it a little bit more potent on the THC side? Taking out some meth. Anything that extracts out the CB, CBDs any better? CBN CBD. very better? Um, no, I think that the biggest factor you're going to have is the way you grow the plant. You know, if you want something that's got more THC and less THCA, let it degrade a little bit more. Let it go longer. Let yeah. your trikes get amber. If you're trying to get CBG, pull it immature. Um, but, you know, as far as where we're at with our procedure right now, we're not necessarily at the point where the machine that we run isn't going to isolate or separate any compounds. Yeah, I mean, that seems extremely difficult. But I didn't know if it was like like you were saying earlier, you know, where you get you can get rid of certain things if you could possibly just make it a little bit more potent by this mm-hmm. amount of time or this amount of pressure, this amount of butane. I don't know. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, in, inherently, when you're when we pull less waxes, it just makes it's making our oil more potent. So okay. pretty much just we're aiming to just pull, you know, cannabinoids and terpenes. And so because there's just more wax in there, adds more material, dilutes down. Yeah, like if there's 700 milligrams per what? Let's just create an arbitrary number. Yeah. But if you've got X amount of THC that you're going to extract, and then you also extract that same volume of wax, yeah. then your potency is 50%. If, yep. it was X, if it was X amount and you didn't get any wax, 
then maybe theoretically it'd be a hundred percent. You know, um, some people don't really think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot lately about the people that are, are uh, and I got shit for this this week too from a few friends. The people that are plastic bong smokers, metal pipe smokers. You know, ninety five percent of the people that smoke weed, period. You know, are people that really generally don't care what they're smoking. I yeah, mean, that's that's a scary part. So many custies out there. Uh huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, that makes a lot of sense. Now, when it comes down to this, is another thing that's become big here lately is concentrating pesticides and other things. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, we're right around the corner from dealing with that. Because this is and and what you mean right around the corner from dealing that dealing with that is because there's going to be mandated testing. Yeah. That. Is gonna, they're actually going to be following the testing. I think they should have been doing that from here on out. And here, the Denver Post here recently, which I don't know. It's crazy. Wh- it starts on the rec side first, too. All the t- all the testing they roll out first is rec in Colorado. What does that tell you? Yeah. <laughs> well, see, the thing was, with with medical marijuana, there's just so many people. There's so, so such a big grassroots movement still to this day that rejects any type of regulation, period. Even those good regulations that could have helped, you know, even with like testing or whatever, those were probably fought by a lot of people, period, too, because it costs money to get that tested. Mm -hmm. They probably tried to include other regulations along with the testing, you know, that would have done more things than just testing. So I can see why uh, recreational has been the catalyst for a lot of these things to slip in, just because it was like, okay, now you've got recreational, you got to deal with all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And eventually, all those things are going to be slid out and or slid underneath, and then medical is going to be shoved out the, the backside. I mean, it's just probably how it's going to happen. So, but there, it, it, here's the thing. Lately, is the Denver Post actually tested, sent out these from Mahatma, from a couple other people, sent out these uh, these samples to be tested, and came back with showing that they still had illegal products. Now. At a certain point in time, Denver had known that these illegal pesticides were being used on this, had isolated the plants, and then, I don't know, something tested the plants. They weren't there, let them back in, and then when they blasted the plants, they now test positive for these illegal pesticides, yeah. up to 1,800 times more than is acceptable for foods yeah. through, like, the FDA, which is crazy. Number one, it's crazy that the Denver Post was the one to pull this card because what did you think was going to happen eventually? Somebody was going to end up testing this, making it a huge deal. It was better that we police ourselves in that situation. Yeah. You know, it's like the med. When I went into the med. The med doesn't like them. Denver Post does shit like that, though. No, because <laughs> it up, it sh- because the med is slow to fire, I think, sometimes, and both in good and bad. But, uh, so this testing situation came down. The Denver Post was the ones that, that came in and do it. Why... It blows me away that the med weren't the ones uh, that could come in and do this themselves. I think they were just waiting, giving people time to to be able to cycle out whatever it is. But at the same time, I don't think they realized as much. You know, I don't think they realized what was going on. As how many much people? As, it, as much as it does, like you know, even everywhere around the country. How many people are using it? Is what you're saying, and then possibly how the concentrated amounts are even more concerning. Right. You know, all the oil-based products and all that. Yeah, and that's what I... Right. When these tests... When this first came out that this was going to have to happen, and I thought this for a long time, that some of the biggest changes that the marijuana industry would bring 
to to growing in just in general or uh, some of the biggest changer, changes in marijuana would be the banning of chemicals and the mm-hmm. isolating of plants and other things. And a lot of people didn't really believe me and didn't want to go along with it uh, because they assume that when you send your product off to a lab, some people do, uneducated people, that when you send your product off to, say, a lab here locally or whatever, um, they may not test for it, but they think the same thing that about, like, THC and CBD. Testing for all these other things is so inconclusive between each one that does it, they consider that the same when it comes to chemicals. It's right. not the same at all. No, that there definitely needs to be standardization in that as well. Yeah. We already um, have systems that'll test whether or not it's there, there's a chemical in there that shouldn't be and how yeah, big the, it shouldn't There's mm-hmm. not an issue in acquiring, you know, standards like there is yeah. and you know, like all these people fighting on which THC standard to get for their lab, you know, the yeah. the mycobutanil or, you know, imidacloprid that they're testing for is, you know, like they know what it is and they have a they have an official standard for it that isn't, you, you know, you don't need a DEA license to get. We've never tested it if people use it on weed if it causes cancer. So we're going to let we're going to use it until we find out different. No, nah, that's kind of the, the mindset that a lot of people have now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Um, and, you know, Incredibles has had. The op well, not necessarily directly related to that, but as far as never testing for things, we try to do things that we know are going to go into effect and try to be ahead of them. Oh, yeah, as far as like the marking on the edibles, that's not an official rule yet, but we have them you know, each piece of a hundred milligram bar has a little 10 milligram partition on it. Yeah, um, the microbial tests are, haven't gone into effect yet, but we try to do tests for everything, we do terpene, residual solvent. You know, pesticide potency. We hit all those tests. And the funny thing is it's only required for rec, but we're doing it for med as well. Yeah. Um, Which is sometimes hard, actually, when we're doing things for clients because someone might have medical stuff that they want to give us. And we have requirements that are rec requirements that we're holding medical clients to. Um, such as providing ingredient lists and things like that. That they need to provide to you? Yeah, exactly. And, See, um, but these – even the – even when the Denver Post did this sort of quote-unquote sting, I guess for lack of a better term, uh, surprise test, these didn't have this listed out on the labels. So, I mean, if somebody – it's really easy for somebody not to tell you if it's not going to be there. Right. Or it's very, it's very easy for somebody to lie. I guess that's what I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. And a lot of people aren't going to have a problem with doing it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I fall back on it's scary that we've probably been smoking a lot of this shit throughout our lives ever since we started smoking weed that a lot of this stuff has probably been worse. Right. <laughs> what scares me is the is is the concentrates. That's we what should, really we scares get me. weed with orange worms in it back in the day. Right. For no, everything. Worms. They were alive so, sometimes, supposedly too. Eat, uh, isn't that the worm that supposedly has been found with THC in his stomach? Yeah, that's, that's wow. What? <laughs> it's a, a weed worm. Ago, too, but yeah, like, it's like a little little orange worm, like tiny. Tiny, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I smoked them. Yeah. Smoked the dude. We, it's like the worm in the, the tequila bottle. When you're done with the bottle, you drink the worm. You got it. <laughs> the THC worm. That's crazy. That does that does concern me. When I start to think about uh, some companies extracting bad shit and it being just a goo, a pile of 
Squidbilly nastiness, man. Right. Yeah. God. You know, people also need to keep things in perspective as well. I'm not. I'm not all about contaminating my body or anything like that. Yeah. But I'm also a good devil's advocate. And um, you know, if people really want to split hairs over what is going into their body, I think they have to acknowledge that your skin is is the biggest source of unintended chemical absorption. And if you're really going to split hairs over it, you need to look at your shampoo ingredients. <laughs> you need to look at when you wash your dog with a flea bath. You know, when you pump gas, are you going to wash your hands that moment right afterwards? <laughs> you know, I'm again, I'm not defending pesticides. Are you saying if you're walking around in China that your body is inhaling yeah, you know, it's, it's, shit. Yeah, who knows what the just normal <laughs> levels of butane in the yeah. atmosphere are? I don't want to say anything that is no, too I got, stupid. I, got I don't it. have these numbers, but no, that's that's for sure. That you know, walking outside in a dirty city, you got to keep it in perspective. It's probably worse sometimes, but I don't know, man. That that's it. Does we haven't had necessary this type of extract around? It's been around for a long time. People have extracted, made hash. There's been honey oil before yeah but it's just not like it is has is now with as many pesticides and chemicals that are available to people right that's why i only go with trusted sources you know Mm -hmm. like even thinking about it now i mean it just gives me the heebie-jeebies and i've long been a supporter of bho man yeah long been but when i saw these other like 1800 times the allowable limit yeah, like, if we can do away with that, we should just do away with that. Period. Right, right. Um, I believe I, and again, don't quote me on this, but my friend who's involved in the essential oil industry, uh, she was astonished by all the regulations we have to follow, and she told me, she's like, you know, there is pretty much no regulation for the essential oil game. Like when you're talking, oh, yeah. when you're talking about rosemary oil and eucalyptus and what solvents are used and what the remaining parts per million is, they there's nothing at all. They don't care. At all, and I they've just, got little oil burning lamps, so you're still yeah. you're still taking in vapors. Um, so you know it's just another thing where certain industries. Oh, have, dude, I read something about the supplement industry, and like they took a bunch of products off of like Walmart and King Supers and Albertsons shelves that were just supplements or whatever, and they didn't really include anything else other than homegrown vegetables and a few different non. Like we're talking ornamental herbs, <laughs> so really nothing in it, dude. I'm getting a, I'm getting a text right now that says that we need to Google THC worms. THC worms? Yeah, that I he's googling right worm, now. The bikes on it. So wait, last week on the oh, Adam wow. Dunn show, there was a few things that were possibly questioned. I didn't really necessarily listen closely to the show. I haven't got a chance to catch up on it. Me either. Did you? I think Telly wanted. Uh, yeah, there's a couple things. I mean, like, uh, like, we're not necessarily, I'd say, at Incredibles, we probably, you might never see us put out a butter. I just want to talk about quality hash. I haven't seen one. Like, opinions of hash. Whereas you see, the lab only puts out butter. Some of of our high terpene, some of our high terpene ones will end up butter, like, buttering on you, and I Maybe the orange stomper did eventually. I I hope they end up sugaring, Mm -hmm. like, closer to a sugar consistency, you know, when they do. Sure, yeah, it wasn't butter by any means. Unstable. But yeah, we're, I'm not really a fan, you know, like of like sealed of, butter. You know, what of, I'm talking like about cakey, cakey butter that sticks to the dabber. To me, usually is wa- is probably waxing is usually testing lower than anything else when it cakes up like that. And uh, 
that's you know that's something that I can tell you know especially even my friends who are big dabbers I like paying attention to them because when they take you know like they dab a lot and they take big dabs I can you know like I can tell if I know their cough or like they can tell pretty quickly like damn that one it, a it didn't get me high and b my like I was just hacking for five minutes and yeah. had to go to the bathroom and like drool and snot from that one and. So where along the line do you screw up that process to where it gets to a, a, a worse, like your just product falls apart? I think it's before you know you're even finishing it. Yeah, it's in the extraction. You know, that's part of like our uh, your exposure time and how you know like your filtration on it. How you know like our our extract is highly filtered. So you're saying that shops shouldn't be companies shouldn't be making wax. Or shouldn't be making... They should strive. I'd say companies... I I hear a lot, like a lot of people, I just... I feel like there's a lot of misinformation that yeah. gets thrown around with, with oil, especially because it's newer. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people are a fan of those really cakey butters, partly because it's easy to get on the dabber and stuff That's like the big that. Thing. But it's not... Yeah, I... You know, like I'm I've, talking about those the 95% of people that don't give a shit what they smoke. I When it first came I out... I hear you, then I'm crying for them. And when I said, and Derek said, this product's not finished when it gets to that wax point. Yeah, like I, I've always Tim's thought always that. said that. I've always finished. said that. I don't think it's a finished he product. Really know what it means? It's it's just too. It's you more. Derek crude. say it. No, nah, even before. <laughs> Go ahead. What you know? It's yeah. It's just more crude, and like you can tell, you can tell in your dabs, and especially like with some of ours, some of ours that are the higher terp, like higher purity and uh, higher terpene and higher THC, and like there wasn't so much like it had a uh, didn't have such a waxy trike head or anything and we extract less waxes in it some would they say definitely they're definitely harder hitting so some would say that it possibly tests better waxes have tested better i've heard that before as far as residual I, solvents go that probably or thc i assume i mean if if their waxes are testing better with thc they must have done something wrong when they're separating them huh yeah i would have to say so you so know. with residual i mean is that that's not necessarily a curse precursor. Like, if you look at a wax, it's not necessarily that there's still a bunch of shit left in it, or what? No, I would I would disagree. I feel like, in my personal opinion on this, is that, um, you know, eventually things are going to want to evaporate. Eventually your jar of OG isn't going to smell as good as it did. Um, and I think of that as just terpenes basically evaporating off. If you had smell-o-vision, you can see certain jars that are emanating their odor without touching them and then certain nugs you don't really smell anything until you pinch it apart and really dig in deep for that odor and i think that those are the strains that are going to be stable for longer and the ones that really like to stink and you'll stink up the whole room that have the really low um or high volatility low boiling point or evaporation point are going to be the ones that in the middle of the extract are going to want to turn into a gas and leave and that's where you Again, that's where I think that state change comes from. Um, so there's that point where it can turn it. You can either make a wax with it, or you can it's you go to a shatter or taffy, whatever, it, mm-hmm. whatever the. You, you keep it, yeah. Keep it with you know a wax or a sap, and then it, you know if you're gonna go to butter, I like seeing it being like a, a wet sugar. You know, I want to see THCA crystals and liquid terpenes. That's what I like right now. I have this stuff that. Is a wax, but it's more of like sugary. Yeah, like I don't think that that necess- when something waxes up on you doesn't necessarily mean but this it's is full wax of, originally full of butane. But this is like wax originally. 
Oh, it just came. Looks brown. I think Bike knows exactly I think, what I'm talking about. I said this the other day on Adam's show. This is, this is still a residual effect of the, the Matt Rise effect with everyone what being everyone being afraid of wax. <laughs> but see, that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of, and that's like, what I'm trying to get opinions on. Well, I guess like, wax is what the, you were talking about is not good, but the stuff we're talking about. Yeah, like a, a, a nucleated a nucleated oil. You auto know, butter. Like, yeah, auto yeah. butter. Well, yeah, auto butter for a better, better term. Right, is, to is, keep the definitions you know, It's going to happen, separate. especially I see it happen with uh, we report terpene tests and we're starting to on all of our uh, all of our packaging now and I notice when when we start to hit five plus when you start to hit five plus your oils aren't going to be stable for that long and then so five plus is meaning for people that don't know on a terpene level I mean above average so you're testing for terpenes now that comes back at what scale Anywhere from like one percent, the highest we've ever had was seven point two. So the more delicious tasting, the higher. You'd be surprised, actually. Uh, that's it's, why. That's why I'm asking. It's it, yeah. It's more profile based than anything. Sometimes, actually, the you know the higher terpene ones are usually uh, tend to sting your nose more. Aye. And uh, sometimes, sometimes you can't really. There's just so much going on. You it's like it's not even that flavorful. You can't really tell. Sometimes it's just too much to comprehend. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really? true, you know, and with these test results now, we can, uh, you know, we can smoke things subjectively and look at the uh, the objective data, and there's things that two years ago we might have thought that seems kind of tainy, or, you know, when everyone's just speculating, they look at small air bubbles and think it's, you know, solvent still in there, it gives you a little sting, people think it's still dirty, huh. and we'll look at our residual solvent analysis and our terpene analysis and know it's clean, and it still stings, and it's got really high terpene numbers. So the stuff with, like, lemon that you can taste, does that come back as, like, fives? Or is it... You know, it, it just depends. It, we, we did a tanj run, and it tested out at, uh, like, 2%. What's so this? it was on the lower end. That's what end. you hit earlier, the Julierine Stomper. It's, like, three-something. Three yeah, because this was crazy tasty. And, Tim, you know the original just tanj shatter. Not mixed, not any yeah. of the crosses, not much of the new stuff that we've had. Um, and that tested at, I believe, two percent or less, which isn't isn't very high, and is still one of the more flavorful yeah. uh, hashes out there. So I don't necessarily think that there's a direct correlation of high terpene is is more high flavor because there's low terpene tests that are really flavorful stuff, and then high terpene tests that don't taste as good and sting and make your eyes water and, and they ring your bell. You know, they definitely get the job done. But I don't so this is just kind of a number. It, you, I mean, you just kind of take more. For, it's more for you to you know like take in because it's also that's going to affect that's going to affect you know your high and everything. Uh, the you know the terp percentage like it, when there's more terps it they help uh, terpenes help THC cross the blood brain barrier so okay you're gonna get, get you'll get different effects from different terpenes too. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That, I did not know that. That is something brand spanking new. I did learn today. So. Mm-hmm. The, that is why you could probably include that, and it'd be huge knowledge for people. Yeah. How yeah. many people are including terp percentages on their packaging now? I don't think I I've ever seen good, that. That's yeah, a I good question. I definitely enjoy the lab results on your packaging. Yeah, um, having lab results on everything. The one thing I, I, I complained to Derek about this, I think it was the Larry Chem band. It said 85% total 
It had to be closer to 90%, I think. It was <laughs> super potent. Yeah. It might have been, uh, we don't have space uh, to report CBGA on there. Uh, There's uh, Some of our stuff comes out with CBGA. Like, we have a, a Jenny Kush that I just ran recreational that came out. It ended up, it went like 84 days in the garden and wow. still and still was our highest testing CBGA strain. So for, it has it has an interesting effect, and from usually that, they'll degrade as time goes on. Yeah, right? so the CBGs, that, are, the CBGs they're finding out are good for people. Precursor with, to CBDs. Yeah, well, but uh, it's well, also precursor THC, to everything. Yeah, okay. every, it's pretty so much that's the gonna, spine cell. Then uh, that's going to get cell. you more high. But it's also good for people with kids with seizures. People with seizures is that the same thing that they're talking? I think the CBG. I, I have not I'm had not a okay. seizure from mm. since I started smoking weed. So yeah. have you ever had a seizure? <clears throat> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember. Search and seizure. It's the only kind, yeah. Yeah, C- uh, there's some, like, CBGA I found that uh, I feel like it will affect it. And, like, from that I was able to know, like, damn, this this Jilly went, or this Jenny Kush went 82 or 84 days and still could have kept going and making THC. That's crazy. Let it go longer next time. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know if we got any room for that. Though. Everyone, I know. <laughs> I know. In a perpetual plant. garden, that really throws a wrench in the gears. That does. So that's what you guys kind of run with is a, is a perpetual garden. Have everything kind of a, that's the nine week special sectioned yeah. off around nine weeks is what you run with. Yeah, we shoot for that. Um, you know, pheno hunting, running seeds out. We get curveballs, but we have the fortunate option of. If it isn't good, if it's going too long, whatever, we still can just hack it and throw it in food-grade oil, and it achieves the purpose. So we can run seeds out that are less than ideal, and no one will have to see what hash it's going to make. There's got to be a huge – that's got to be a huge grow for how many, how much hash you guys have to make. I'm sure that, – that just kind of hit me too. Uh, old reminder of the precursor days before you guys had – even a grow is how much kind of oil and material you had to oh, yeah. try and track down and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but damn, I mean, without even saying, it's got to be a big ass. It's That's going to be one of the bigger grows. It actually still doesn't satisfy. Um, yeah, you know, we we're still looking for a bigger spot. We outgrew the spot we're in before we ever moved into it. We've well, you when you're out. in 800 plus stores, that'll happen. Yeah, it's a good problem, <laughs> but it's an exponential growth. Um, and so, yeah, our garden's big, but not big enough. So one of the things that uh, – so CBG is pretty much a precursor to everything? Yeah, it's like this. It's like the stem cell okay. cannabinoid, if you want to – CBGA, and then I think it's the other – and then you mix that with other like enzymes Jacob's in the Jacob's ladder. And what if we can GMO that specific CBG and make it like the Hulkamania? And depending on if you give it in this – amount of light intensity with this amount of this and this amount of that then all of a sudden it's like Popeye arms colas coming out of the ground that would be the dopest sounds safe well, that would people be would be more pissed, resin though. production actually when you see if you like tested an early plant and tested uh, it and saw CBGA in it early in flower and a lot of it versus the other ones say you're, you're like you're a breeder and you want to do pheno selection yeah like just for just for cannabinoid production you know, like that was something you'd probably want to look at early to make you know, like to whittle down your numbers is CBGA early in flower. It's just so fascinating. It. Yeah, that is fascinating how we barely know. We don't even know all the uh, cannabinoids involved in this mammogram. Right. Not, not much less even know how they work with each other. And, you know, we learned I see more and more uh, studies coming out mostly talking about 
uh, how it's testing better and how other little cannabinoids are coming out. It's not even of like how this interacts with this. The only thing I've ever really heard too much of is that uh, your CBD, you smoke CBD before it kind of opens up your can- can- uh, cannabinoid receptors and then you smoke THC, you can get a little bit higher. I've actually, I think it's the opposite. No, I but see, uh, then you, no, yeah, you can go. It'll, it'll, you can go up before, and down. Wait, did you, you say can, CBD or G? Yeah, CBD, CBD before can prime prime your system, and then, oh. but it can also take you down if you already if you've high. already got oh. yeah too high. It can take you back down. I did not realize afterwards. the first. So get up part and take that. a CBD dab in the morning, and wait a few minutes, and then take a regular dab. All right, I'll do that tomorrow. I will too. I'll do it. <laughs> Deal. That's awesome. You know what I've sort you of eat noticed? some mangoes. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Mercine. I don't know if this is true or not either. What are you saying, Tully? Mercine. Oh, beta mercine. What? In the mangoes. Terp, team. Oh. Terps. I'm missing. <laughs> Damn it, I forgot what I was going to say there, too. What was I starting to say? You said, you know what I was going to ask? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's true. <laughs> Damn it. it just Tell rained. us what you're Sorry, doubting. It ran right out of the, right off the top of my head. I don't know. Anyway, we're hanging out for checking the Broncos game. I'm not checking the Broncos game, actually. I'm trying to stay focused here on the show. I found a THC worm, by the way. Oh, yeah? I can't really turn my computer around, but it looks looks like a maggot, pretty much. Yeah, the THC worm. I'm actually, now that I think about this, I've actually read a story. I've smoked those motherfuckers. About this (laughs) raw sushi style. (laughs) It looks like a really healthy worm. The weed (laughs) was really, it was like mids. Remember... When all you could get was Mexican weed, and then all of a sudden mid showed up. It was, we were smoking the worms too. Canadian weed? No, this is this is. I don't know what it was, but it was mids. <laughs> it Across was, the board, it was green. Oh, was, oh it was. Uh, it was like the Christmas. It tree wasn't bud Christmas then. tree bud, but no? it was around that time. Where does the Christmas tree bud came from? Where you're from? The, the kind that I know it that way. Yeah, I, it was called AZ back in Western Mass. We'd call it AZ because I'm sure that's just where it came through. It was Arizona, but dude, it had to it be was, the time of the year that ra- that weed was harvested because there was Tim, Christmas we're talking weed about something everywhere. We know about and you don't know. These are little Christmas tree buds. <laughs> I know they I were like came from like I had, we had them in Colorado too, and it was around Christmas. All of a sudden, Christmas weed came around. It was like Santa Claus himself came early. Yeah, Christmas because it was a, gifted. There was a little bit of a drought right before the Christmas tree bud would come around. That always blew me away though, because it was, and you, I don't. It had to be the placebo effect too, because you just get your bag, and you'd be smelling like pine trees, all this awesomeness. And when this weed is the Christmas time, really right? awesome. Headaches. <laughs> Headaches because you had to smoke. You smoked through your whole eighth. I do. Because it tastes it. so good. <laughs> nom, nom. <laughs> That's awesome. If we do forget Telly's from your part of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Earth. The fark, <laughs> your, the fark your couch part of your part of the world. He's from the nice part of the state, though. Yeah, where all the art and stuff happens. Yeah, when people pronounce their R's. <laughs> Yeah, my uncles, my dad's from, from Eastern Mass, so all my uncles and stuff have Boston accents, talk but, I, but I don't, really. No, I once you get past I would have never known 495, Tony. it's like regular speak. Yeah. Uh, here with the Incredibles extracts, a few folks from Incredible extracts. You won't hesitate to tell you to go and, F yourself, though. And <laughs> edibles you telly? Oh, I'm Fuck sure. couch, Tim. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing, is like a large portion of the time I last saw telly, he uh, he wasn't really maneuverable. Yeah, he had, I had a blown out knee. I think he like stuck some dynamite in his knee and just exploded his knee. That big bear in California it was after a secret cup. I went skiing out in the spring and got caught in the slush. And uh, this dude had the biggest 
fucking splint shit Big, that yeah, I've wa- ever my seen. My walking cast. Yeah, dude. The biggest. I mean, his whole damn leg with a water-cooled engine system wrapped in it. Like, <laughs> I have no clue even what the hell it was. I don't know. It seemed like a pretty standard Oh, yeah. I forgot, about, I forgot about the ice pack. Yeah, they gave me yeah. they gave me a recirculating ice pack. Oh, it. that is right. Yeah, dude. He looked like... He looked like he Take had it. like a transplant, like a bionic man, and he was like half machine, half human at this point in time. Yeah, I was. I forgot. I chilled. I had quite a bit of time chilling at the hood lab after surgery. Yeah, dude, I remember that. That's yeah, that's a majority of the time I think that I actually got to see you and hang out with you was when your leg was exploded. So <laughs> when I just kind of remember that he couldn't run away from you. Yeah. When he captive could, audience, he couldn't <laughs> run away. So yeah, he was stuck there. Telling us everything Tim hates. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. I was watching some old videos from the hood lab, man. It was good times. I miss those, miss those good times. Everybody getting together. It was like a, it was sort of like the, uh, the break room. You know what I'm saying? And I know there's a, there was another break room that's exactly the same thing, what I'm talking about here with grassroots, but like the back room where just everybody sat down, smoked, and passed the shit. Yeah. is basically what it was. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, do you guys have anything special coming out? I mean, is there anything in particular, like... Uh, What's what's your guys' favorite product over there at Incredibles? I think that the thing most people are excited about right now is we're working on a vape pen that we're about to roll out. Really? I haven't heard anything about that. I haven't heard that either. Get me excited. Is Really? You yeah, haven't heard no. anything? Oh, shit. I should have brought some. Yeah, you should have. Um, Dude. You know, it's it's still in prototype stage right now. It's not available for people. It's going to be BHO, your oil? Yeah, it's yes. going to be our stuff, um, stuff Strains. processed by us. Mostly strain-specific, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Ideally. And the thing that's cool about it is, you know, not to talk trash about anyone in particular, but I've been a vape pen hater the whole time. So yes. Uh, you know, I've been waiting for someone to make one that was good enough. And They eat. did, but they went out of business. Who was it? It was called... Um, Thermo vape. Okay, they made it made in America. They had a stainless. The, the cheap one for five hundred bucks was a stainless steel element, so you could get titanium as well. Yeah, um, and that delivered a hit bigger than any rig you could ever hit. And, what really? And it tasted just like you were hitting a clean ass quartz nail. Yeah, no so, way. And, and, and but the thing is, like, just like a little dildo. What was the yeah. one that everybody had? That uh, that like purple one? The Atmos raw. Yeah, the yeah, Atmos. That was. A, I had that. That for was a while. the era where people paid off mortgages selling those things. Yeah. You know, the difference between what we're doing and those ones is there's certain pens that you just load a chunk of hash into, and what we're doing is the cartridge kind. That's more like, you know, you just buy a refill. Yeah. And I was always reluctant to jump on that train. So not disposable? So you, guys, you guys are doing a re- buy a... Well, it's, it is disposable, yeah. I know this is something that Derek's been working on for a long time, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's cool to finally see it, you know, something happening with it, because I know... Well, what was that's your situa- biggest complaint with... Vape pens. The added well, the the that they're shitty, <laughs> and then the additives. Yeah, both of that. You know, I like the vape pens that you could just drop a chunk of shatter into and smoke it like a real hit. But um, I mean, did, did you enjoy those? Any brand or just no, not I super mean, user friendly. Yeah, every one of them was almost there. Two things, but no one ever really made a home run. Can't deliver a big enough hit to get me high. Yeah, um, and it tastes like China. At yeah. The end. Yeah, absolutely. Tastes like China. Yeah. I actually tried, recently tried the Puffco. Uh, only, What's up? Only a couple dabs, but it's it was uh, 
or a couple hits. It was pretty good. It actually, like, it held flavor through a couple hits, too, which, I, you know, I don't really expect, but it kind of did. Um, I think it's pretty much just all ceramic, no glues, you know, no, like, no plastic around it. So, you know, like, it's just a pretty well-manufactured pen. I haven't had much time with it, but I was kind of impressed from the couple dabs. Chinese? Um, I'm not sure. Chinese. How, yeah. how much did it cost? And Manga certified. I was just um, gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I beat I think, you to it. I think the whole. I think the whole kit was like a hundred bucks for wow, like the pen and everything else. So. That's close to American-made prices. Yeah, I, you know, it, it doesn't. It's definitely not on the cheaper side. One of the only ones that I've seen work is that globe one. Yeah, the yeah. one with the globe. They all have globes, dude. The the puffco has know, like only deep... one that I know. Oh, you talking about the puffco? It the doesn't have no. It doesn't have a globe on it, but it's got a pretty deep dish, like all that deep dish. It's all looks like white ceramic in it. So yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The white ceramic little mamma jammas. Yeah, right. Seen it. But see, I see people with those huge ass mod vaporizers. Yeah, and I'm like, why the fuck can't we? Just Get something that's like that, you know? <laughs> like, why can't they make an actual weed vaporizer? God, let me look at my backpack. I might actually have one. So the difference, though, we got off guard or off trail. Yeah, go um, ahead. Our pen is the cartridge kind that isn't. You don't load a chunk of shatter in. We formulated our own mix. And um, the thing that I've never liked about those before is that they're too diluted, and there's a lot of misconception Harsh. on the packaging. That's what I was going to ask you. I mean, are you? You have to a little bit, don't you? You know, you do. We wanted to do a pure oil. Um, whether you it was lost shit up in the top and the corner exact, and it wouldn't melt down. Or? Well, and the wicking action, depending on what kind of tank you use, you need some sort of carrier so it will wick through and get to the heating element. Can you do both? Can you, do, can you wet the wick and then put straight oil in there? That I don't know. I mean... Think outside the box, Max. Come yeah, on. I'll tr- we'll think about it. We'll work on it. But what we got going like, on like that now, way is stupid. We already yeah, we didn't I know, even figure I don't it out. I just what, made it up. <laughs> what we're doing right now, though, is we really dialed the ratio back. And so instead of you know, there's a lot of misconception on the packaging too. You'll see a cartridge that says 500 milligrams, and they're talking about the net weight, and it's sure, really, it's really yeah. only Glycol 100 on milligrams of THC in it. So. You know, 100 milligrams is if you had oil that was 100% pure, then that's one tenth of one gram. So it's basically like saying there's one dab in this whole thing. If pen. there was one gram of THC in there, that would be an expensive pen. Right, right. And we're going to get closer to that. That's the oh, thing is ours, that's is the gonna, way to go. ours is going to be more expensive, but as far as dollar. What do you for, think in MSRP? So people would buy the that, pen. I can't speak on that just yet. Okay. So people would buy the pen and they'd have the pen and then buy cartridges. Yeah. You yeah, know, you the, have the battery and the charger and stuff like that. And you'll just buy new refills. Um, but uh, I can see. Here's the thing. So this is something. Is Now, let me guess here. With Incredibles, nothing really gets past Incredibles unless it gets past D money. I mean, does D money kind of have to do, do, do you kind of have to bend at the knees sometimes? I would, I would say that that is an accurate statement. Yes. Sometimes have to bend at the knees. Okay. He's, he's super critical and his standards, but I it's think, still going to be, have taken, you know, Derek from his career at in harmony all the way up to where it is yeah. now is, is having those sort of standards. And the reason why, I mean, he comes up and this whole situation comes up is because, I mean, you guys brought, When it comes to the very base of incredible extracts and the edibles that people eat, I mean, you guys are the ones making the shit that people want to smile about, period. So it's important to have that backstory. It's important to know, you know, that people have that high threshold for, you know, having good stuff come across. And 
and just like we were talking about with vape pens, there's been so many shitty vape pens before. We're like, oh, here comes another vape pen. But eh, with my way with it's like last week we were talking with Mason Tavert. You know, I know Mason Tavert. I trust Mason Tavert. If you look to me to like say uh, to uh, give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. You know, I can do that with some of the people we know. Yeah. Fortunately, Incredibles, the products you guys make, are some of the most popular out there. I have good experience. We have people in here that have worked with the extract since almost day one of the modern extract. Yeah. So this is good information. This is stuff to say, like, okay, well, I'll trust you. I'll see what it's like with the vape pen comes out. And it's not going to be just some shitty vape pen. Yeah. You know, the thing that's going to be different about it, what Bike was saying earlier, is he tried a pen that he liked um, that delivered a real dab type experience for him. Yeah. I think this is going to be more like a real hit of weed type experience. That's where, what I'm talking about. Where it's not going to be, you know, one hit isn't going to equal one dab. But if you pull on this pen three or four times, it'll feel more like pulling on a joint three or four times times as opposed to hitting a vape pen 10 times to get what is a quarter of one dab if that makes sense yeah i mean it doesn't still more dab like taste though because i'm that's what you know like i've been my palate is so tuned to oil now that's why i'm not really a flower smoker anymore or even you know like it needs to be really high quality bubble or water or like dry sift that's you know more of an oily strain because what if i told you i know where you could get some weed that you'd smoke a bowl you could roast a bowl with a, uh, the big, you could roast the fuck out of it, all the way down. Take six hits, and each hit would you'd be like, mm, mm, I can't wait to take another hit. Mm. Yeah. What yeah. if I, What if I told you you could get some of that? Uh, I mean, we'll see. But it might. I mean, it might take a week for my palate to change a little bit. I, I mean, I can get used to it. I've I've gone back and forth a little bit. I mean, I've gone from mostly oil to back to smoking flowers and other stuff. And now I've just. I've had a you know a lot of oil around. We've got we've got some good. I made we made some good sour selections in the garden. So, um, four twenty in the mile. Ah. I want to interrupt real quick. I just got a text yeah. from uh, from one of our guys down at the down at the office. So the MSRP that we're thinking about for the pens right now, we're gonna have a two hundred and fifty milligram pen for seventy nine ninety five, and our five hundred milligram pen is gonna be one forty nine ninety five. One forty nine ninety five. So it's going to be steeper, but you're going to get what you pay for. And when you do the math with the other pens out there, but those dollar, cartr- dollar for milligram of actual THC, it's actually a better deal. Um, so, so again, the the end price so that will cost per- more, but the value is going to be better. Is that per cartridge? Or that's like probably includes both the pen and the, the whole yeah, yeah the whole deal. That's got. Does that have a battery and charger with it? I yeah. buy a battery and charger every time. No. You will be able to buy cartridges, and I think there's going to be there's going to be yeah the smaller cartridges and the bigger cartridges. But is already that the price that. of the cartridge you just said, or is it the price of the pen? That's and the, the price of everything. Those those prices include the battery. Okay, uh, so that'll be char- that'll be your first charger. time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Charges, then uh, it'll be cheaper to get just refill cartridges. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for I, sure. I yeah, I'm, all of those details are still being worked out on sure, whether okay. or not it's a whole you know the whole package or. We'll get a hold of one. We'll check it out. But, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that we're going to have cartridges available after you've already bought. And you don't need to buy a battery every time, charger every time. We'll see. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So the biggest thing when it comes to extracts that people are doing wrong or the biggest thing that they can do right? Uh, pay attention to your variables is the biggest thing you can do right. You know, like track, you know, track your shit, basically. Is there a temp... A heat, uh, a certain uh, goddamn that stumbled out of my time, mouth. Is there time, like, temperature, 
all that, you know, like in, in your extractions and your ovens. How much does vary in the? Uh, how much between a strain and another strain? I mean, how much is the variable time and heat difference when, between each strain? It, most of that, the difference in the strains mostly comes later in the ovens and purging. Like, what do you mean? Like, like the, you know, the difference in consistency. Because as far as like when I'm running the machine, we run it, we run the same procedure every time. It doesn't matter what's going into it. You know, we know how, you know, like the best extraction. You know, like we know how our machine runs best, and that's how that's how we do it for everything. So the only difference is what you give us or what we put in. So it. So like Tim always used to say, if you have to blast through PBC, make sure you use a copper collecting dish. <laughs> I don't remember ever <laughs> saying that. You must be drunk or something. That was what you always told me, how you made wax. <laughs> no. You know, yeah, I I think there's so many variables depending on what strains you're running that it's, it is a subjective thing where you just have to be a good scientist and collect your own data yeah. and see, you know, if you do the same thing every time and then change one thing, yeah, you'll, I just, you'll notice it. Yeah, um, I just for sure didn't know if like if if the oven added that huge variable to it either. Like the vac oven, the the heat that you do it for the amount of time that you do it. It can change. I mean, you, like at that point, I'd say you can definitely over purge, and you're gonna start. You're, like you're gonna basically, you know, if you want to say people like to say curing. I don't really like to cure hash. I think you know, like Derek's beat it into my head too more than just you know like hash loses flavor over time especially i'm a fan of sours that are very volatile and you lose flavor quickly and uh, like sours that are very volatile they like, don't they just you know, sour d you know like sour d you can sm- usually smell in a room a lot that's because the terpenes are actively off gassing you can f- smell it from space all that so i don't you know I, I like to extract you know fresh material get hash you know like fresh and keep it in the fridge and you know, like I don't, I don't like to cure my hash or, or you know, like try to let it degrade or anything like that. Usually, especially we're selecting just plants just for hash in the garden, so oh, we yeah. really shouldn't be needing to like do anything else afterwards to it. Is but the yeah, true sour over purge? Is the true sour day? Has it passed through your garden? <clears throat> true sour day. Uh, I honestly like the sour band better. The sour band oil comes out mm. better than sour d than mm. sour d oil, in my opinion. And I. Actually, I was exposed to a lot of sour D in California that I got to extract. And, what do you say uh, about that, huh? This sour band is pretty good. I think the best. Have you had the, the sour diesel deep chunk? No. Uh, no, I have not. You'd, you'd Peter North face if you saw that. You'd be all <laughs> <laughs> Peter North face. That, yeah, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's the closest to, to, the closest that I've seen a cross come to it. But sit, I was sitting right here in this area in. Through that door, unannounced, came Asshole Joe one day. We were doing Adam's show. And he came in. He made eye contact with me. And he reached into his pocket. And I thought he was putting out a gun at first. <laughs> and he pulled out a jar. And he came over. And he's like, couldn't get the jar open fast enough. And I'm like, this this, this looks like it's going to be good if he's this excited to get me this jar. And he hands, he's like, yeah, I just got the plant from New York. Whoa! It exists. It exists. It was there. I mean, that's oh, is that the same stuff Pinsky had at Cup Time? Probably. I mean, I think they all know I the same guy I, there. Well, no, I, th- I think Pins. I think he. Uh, yeah, they all. They made it. Is that what got entered? The sour deeds that they entered as uh, sour dogs. I. It, I didn't ask too many questions about that. No, yeah, if it uh, was around cup time, it's probably the same stuff. It was actually really good. I, I liked it. It didn't have any skunk to it, but it had the fuel smell, not the chem smell, 
Uh, very different. That's where I like the sour band, where it's kind of dirty. Like it's got more of the like less of just the gas and more of the gas da- uh, gas station rag. You know, like yeah. it was wiped on some tires a little bit. And, but they didn't. You know, they didn't. They didn't clean up the skunk mess with it, though. No, no, they didn't get the skunk mess, but it's got a little bit, got a little bit more dirtiness to it than a lot of the sour that's been around currently. There was a dude, yes, dude yesterday, said to my kitchen table from Texas. He's been here just two months, and he's like, "There's skunk weed all over Texas." What are you talking about? I'm like, "Why? Why doesn't it ever escape at all by even a nugget of it? You know, why don't we ever see it?" I, but I guess it makes sense. Why would people send sand to the beach? Right. But someone go to Texas and get some of that shit. Put it in the yeah, but so you're saying that there is a better selection of skunk and sour in Texas than there is here? Probably I've on it, better I've heard in Mexico. That from, I've heard that from Texans, what? too. I know it's, it's a Maybe they just Texan. don't know what they're talking about. Um, Could that be it? NorCal, Possibly, the, sour, but not. the same sour cut grows way different here than it does in NorCal, for sure. doesn't grow good here at all. Um, IMO. <laughs> it's the nature versus nurture debate. So maybe there's an environment that's more... It uh, needs a swampy, thick, humid environment, and it is not present I can, here I can understand the arid that. atmosphere yeah. we live in. Santa, Santa Ro- a grow room, indoor, some indoor sour tea from Santa Rosa has been the best I've seen in a couple of years. And, that, you know, that's they get the, you know, the fog rolling every morning and stuff. So Let me, uh, let me cool. take a quick break, break here. i got to use the restroom. And also give us a chance to have number a spot. one or number two. <laughs> number one, <laughs> have a chance for people to get have a chance for Cannabis Radio Network to put a uh, commercial in this spot too. And are then also, sit? are you going to sit and go? Gonna yes, I'm going to sit and, and like pee a like a little girl. Okay. And uh, if you have anything to ask these guys, my uh, I was said Mike and Telly, <laughs> Max and Telly. If you guys have any questions for him. Incredible extracts and edibles in the house today. If you have any questions, feel free to throw those in the chat room. We're live Sundays on the Adam Dunn Show Network. Livestream.com slash Adam Dunn Show. 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Live if you want to come hang out with live us in the from chat. from uh, Adam Dunn Memorial Closet. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to chat with us, if you're not listening to us live, come and hang out with us then. This is JDR. We'll be back in one second.
live on Sundays. The John Doe Radio Show. Check us out 2 to 5. In with Incredibles extracts right now. Incredible extracts. And edibles. Some of the best products that you can get in the state. Not just saying that. It's tried and true. They're proven. If you've had any sort of experience with Colorado edibles, you know to get these incredible extracts. So if the chat room has any questions, feel free to holler at us here. Other than that, uh, like they've said, there's 800 plus stores where you can get Incredibles at um, maybe not the extracts, but the Incredible Edibles. What's your favorite Incredible Edible, Mr. Bike? Hold on, I can't hear you. I have my headphones on. It's like nobody. It's like everybody's mute unless you have your headphones on. I was just caught up in getting a dab ready. If I had to pick one, yeah, the strong. What are the three hundred milligram ones? The mile higher or the avocado? The avocado is my new favorite. That's three hundred milligrams. The monkey gar. The monkey bar is my classic favorite, though. Anything that's strong as hell, I like. I like. I like the avocado because it's kind of speedy. It's kind of like at that. I love. I like. I actually like stronger bar. Like if I, I like stronger edibles during the day. If I like, if I like, if I commit, you know, like yeah, you know, like let's get high today. It is a commitment. You know, like I'll make the commitment on a stronger edible than like because 100 milligrams doesn't do much for me if I'm awake. But I notice so you that need, like I can eat 100 milligrams and go to sleep perfectly. You need like a five strip. Is what you're saying for during the day. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd mention edibles. Yeah. Like. I don't want to interrupt it. Sorry. I'd no, that was the end of that conversation. No, yeah, okay. No, Hoping you'd pick it up faster, actually. That's, oh! That's the next question that comes to mind. So when you guys pu- put the extracts in the edibles, what kind of extracts are you putting in there? Like, is it, I mean, heavy sativa, heavy indica? Depends on the bar. Obviously, from what I've seen on the affogato. By the time, I'm not really already, like, I've been following, if you follow uh, Rob Clark's new info that's been coming out like in his new book he's trying to kind of shred that uh cannabis sativa thing yeah and i've seen it more more than that you're you're uh the like like uh max said the chemo type is going to change like when, when you extract it it's going to change a little bit than from what you were smoking in the flowers and then when you decarb it you're losing a lot of the terpenes and everything that are really making the effect different so so it all just goes into one or yeah it's uh, all in one pretty, it it's pretty much lines. a mix yeah so, so you, I, I'd say it's almost it's I don't really like seeing that on edibles uh, labeled as indica or sativa. Yeah. You know, like at that point, at especially one point if it, be- it becomes just oil, it becomes activated, know, like de- it's activated just a oil. Chemical, yeah. And then right. also when you think about it, I mean, when you're mixing ingredients together, I mean, you mix a certain number of ingredients from each side. If there is even sides, once you get all that mixed together, I mean, it kind of creates a base. Yeah, and it's in general it's going to be mid down the line with everything, right? Because everything is mid down the line, and I think it goes back to the argument for Marinol and why people it didn't agree with them because it was the pure THC. And, yeah, and you know we talked about it earlier about how the terpenes are going to modulate and affect the way the THC comes in. Yeah, every strain has THC in it, and so the only reason we're just you get figuring a, out how those things interact with yeah, each other. Yeah, exactly. And when we, you know, in the activation process, in addition to activating, we actually have to cook it off at a really high temperature for uh, Denver health regulations for any fear of botulism or any pathogens in there. And so we actually heated up 
for a, a slight moment higher than we wish we could. Okay. But at that point, we really are destroying most of the things that make one strain different from another. Okay. And you really bring things down to a baseline of almost all the same shit once it's, you know, once you've activated it and made it an edible oil. It, you know, it becomes the distinguishment gets so blurry. Yeah, that you bring the peaks down a lot. So if, if there is any variability, it's not going to be as much as it was. And say the oil, like if you dab the oil before or anything like that. That's I, awesome to know. That really is. I mean, that's something that I didn't really. I think that I would kind of heard something like that before, but that's that's good to know. I'd mm-hmm. say it's almost the more we learn. I'd say it's right. almost irresponsible for edible companies to report that, especially if, if people have sleeping troubles. And they report it as an indica, and people are, you know, like just to assume the indica to give them sleep, and they have no clue. They just put some random oil in it because every edible, co- you know, like big edible companies have a lot, you know, a lot of oil to make, and they're getting material from everywhere. And you know, like you can't. It's very hard to standardize. It's very hard yeah. to standardize the strains for edible. You know, like most people don't have standardized strains for edibles yet. Yeah, but having that huge garden though that you just go get your oil from that's with your company or is contracted through your company. That's that's easily the next step with everything. I mean, we could see that from from years ago when vertical integration, uh, when we knew that that wasn't going to stick around forever. I mean, there were probably people planning back then to be able to do what they're doing now you know one another thing that i'm really excited other friends of ours is uh like the rare dangness facility that's going up i mean that monster oh yeah of a facility to be able to i mean create their product brand themselves have something uh solid and and something that you can count on coming out i can't wait hopefully we'll have uh scott's been hollering at me here a lot lately or, or just chiming in on stuff a lot here lately so hopefully we'll be able to get him in to talk with us a little bit he's definitely super i think the pictures have stopped the uh zipper <laughs> across the lips has kind of gone on so i was hoping maybe we could get him before that hit um but it's at a point where now it's proprietary you know right. what i'm saying yeah with everyone you know there's a lot of part of the reason why we got to watch you know how much information gets revealed it used to be a hobby and people were talking shop and now there's intellectual property at yeah, stake and it's money now. the way people grow weed, you know, is it going to affect people's bottom line, what nutrients they use, yeah. what technique they use, you know, every part about it now isn't, isn't as much a hobby as much as it is real actual IP. But everybody thought that when legalization happened, that it was just going to be this free for all and everybody was going to be free and you were going to be able to grow your own and everybody was going to share secrets and it was going to be lottie dottie rainbow unicorn world. It's not like that. No, not quite. Uh, not until I don't think pe- it's ever going to be. Not until people start adopting more information from just real agriculture and other, yeah. you know, stoners think that they're reinventing the wheel. Exactly. Um, you know, with Derek and I, I feel like we got we got ahead in the extraction game years ago because instead of being on rolitup.org and ICMAG, and I can see proprietary about- shit being more valuable in the extraction mm-hmm. side because, as you just said, agriculture stuff. I mean, it's tried and true. Right. It's just figuring out what best is to use now. And then companies, uh, you know, even as much as people don't like them or do like them, you know, companies like Advanced Nutrients that don't give a shit about what rules are or this or push the envelope to create a specific product for this industry. Mm -hmm. And companies doing that before, you know, Miracle Grow hops on board creating their product, you know, like a thousand dollar grow tent. In Sam's Club, which Bike saw the other day. Really? Hey, it had a T5 included. Yeah, it had some other metal in it, too. It was actually, it was, 
I mean, I was gonna say that if you're kind of impressed, a thousand dollars you'll get it, but a thousand dollars is sort of depending on what it had in it, it was sort of higher end for buying a tent. But oh, if for it was, sure. but if it's fully, eh, I don't know. Gavitas, I'm hearing, is the thing that everybody needs to go with. We're we're happy with those. That's what I'm hearing a bunch of. And then uh, I actually saw, I think the dude, the head guy with the Gavita, the proprietor, the head dude. Is going to yeah, start you're... teaching uh, some classes over at Cloverleaf University with with Chloe. Cool. And Cloverleaf. So if you'd like to get in uh, in on that, uh, that's probably the the one product that I keep hearing about over and over and over again is is these Gavitas and being a possible game changer. The plasmas. Uh, and even in fact, when I was sitting down in the med, there was a, one of the owners that was sitting next to me, uh, opening a brand new rec shop, and he's talking to the guy with him about switching over to Gavitas and I'm like man I don't know how many times I've heard that here lately so yeah. shout out to them uh, real quick here the Incredibles bars that you could get Boulder Bar the Affogato Cookies and Cream Fireberry uh, Makiba is that how you say it? yeah that's correct and then uh, Mile High Mint Mile Higher Mint oh by the way I want to throw something in there as far as those two go I think we're going to have a little structural change with the Mile High and the Mile Higher um, we're about to change and introduce a 500 milligram bar. Oh no! You might like that bike. Oh, I like the, the med side it already. So what we're gonna do is mile high is gonna become 300 milligrams, and the higher is gonna become 500. <laughs> so that's a little change on our lineup I there. I accept your challenge. <laughs> Damn, I'm at that. Even that sounds very interesting. I'm liking that. And yeah. and just for the record, that's only on <laughs> the medical side because the recreational side can't have something over 100 milligrams no because people jump off roofs yeah that's like apparently that's what happens uh peanut butter buddha oh you're cheating the kid knows them all by heart he rattles them yeah, right where is he? come on i actually haven't seen ryan since the hood lab yeah ryan ryan's here on wednesdays <coughs> with uh, the adam dunn show but uh, yeah shout out to the kid strawberry crunch and then y'all got the afgato in here twice or wait is this vanilla yeah, there's vanilla and uh, white chocolate and dark chocolate. They're different milligrams. Man. 300. I think it's 300 and 100. What are people mostly picking up? Like, what's I hear the uh, the Buddha bar. That's super popular. It's super popular. Say. That's always sold out at Kindla. That's the first one to go. You know, the high milligrams go. That's the thing is that <laughs> flavor, flavors are awesome, but in general, the consistent thing that you see when you look at the numbers is that higher milligrams sell better. And that's what another p- thing people like about you guys, too, is I hear a lot... Uh, there are a lot more people that I hear now because they've come out of the woodwork that are sticking to edibles, don't really smoke, don't dab, but they go to you guys because they know what they're going to get. They know the exact high they're probably going to get. It's the same yeah. a lot of the time. The, the uniformity of it is there. So that's, I mean, that's another reason. So what's up with the Incredibus? Oh, the Incredibus. That's actually, we're working on that right now. Um, I out. recently, oh, tell you, you got the update? Yeah, uh, it's going to be ready in like two to three weeks. Uh, we're we're going to have it around, probably doing dispensary tours, stuff like that. We'll have it out at events. Wait, so well, there's, so you you'll be able to dab do- on it. Yeah, we'll be doing some dabs in there and everything. Because uh, it's one of the <laughs> only places you can dab and 
public in yep, Colorado. Yeah, the driver driver's got his own air. He's sectioned off, so exempt from won't the clean air act. Driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. You have to be boxed in now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy guacamole! This is brand new news to me too. Yep, I, that's got, super exciting. I think we got a we got a PlayStation on there, stuff what? like that. So yeah, I'm it's sold. Pretty cool. Is there? Can I be the tour guide? Are you gonna get hired as a tour guide? We can work something out. I'm Dude, sure. I, I would. Lo- <laughs> I would love to be. I could. I could stand there with a mic and be like, on the left side, you see nature's kiss. On the right side, nature's cure. On the left side again, nature's 420. <laughs> on the other right side. Can I just say something? I went into nature's kiss for the first time ever a couple months ago because uh-huh. I, I had to, and they've been around for a long time. Nature's kiss since the beginning. That's why it's the first thing kind of came to my totally mind. They totally look like they've been around for a long time. It uh. looks like a flea market in there. They have every like, boxes on the counters. Um, they, part of it is a flea market. They have all these crappy import pipes. I, I was really surprised that. I mean, it looked like. Remember where in the Gremlins, where the guy went and got the Gremlin? That's what it reminded <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's interesting. You should go in there sometime when you get your red card. That's why we got black Wilburys. He can help us with that. Yes, with us. he'd be definitely a good candidate place for him to check out. He's got some in the uh, the chamber to be fired off, so we'll have him next week. We'll, we'll talk with him next week here. I t- the thing is, though, Denver games, I guess, are, are around the time that we do the show. The Ravens he games, why not? He was only always. here for the Ravens. That's the only reason why he went to the game today. I know. I think the Ravens play a little bit earlier than we do here. Anyway, I, you know what's another thing that I also forget, too, is that you guys have gummies and pills, which the gummies I am head over heels with if they're made good. I absolutely love, 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 love gummies. Uh, do most stores carry those two or those shiz run out fast probably? They sell pretty quick. I actually am not as familiar with the, the sales side of things and how often those yeah, orders yeah. are filled. Um, but I know they're really, really popular, so people, are, people are happy with them. I turned, I uh, flipped the page. Onto the gummies here, and uh, man, instantly got a craving for them because <laughs> they're easy to eat. Yeah. You don't have to sometimes. Sometimes you deal with that weed taste. Uh, I I got to be honest, I haven't had an incredible in a long, long time, but I've heard just a ton about them. Uh, so I can't speak specifically off of my own palate, but the gummies have always been a situation to where you could quickly just get that thing down, munch it, you're good to go. Uh, yeah, fantastic product, and then pills, and obviously we talked about the shatter. Yeah, so. you know the gummies. It's we actually have a really interesting and complicated hierarchy of oil in the lab where we'll actually, depending on how it comes out, we have stuff that's legitimate for dark chocolate, stuff that we need for white chocolate, and then gummy oil. And the gummy oil basically ah. ought to be shatter. You know, it's a matter of how much. Uh, food is going to be involved versus how much oil is going to be involved, what the milligrams are going to be. And so we really have to be critical. Food-grade oil isn't just low-grade shit that you can't sell with shatter. Thank you. It's, um, it's, just, it's just oil that's designated for food. But if what, it, do you say, what did you just say thank you to? I said thank you. He, he, he just said that just because your oil looks like heroin, it doesn't mean it's automatically food-grade. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so we will, you know, so we have to do that. And the reason that the gummies end up working out so well, if it's low-grade oil, we can't put it in them because it yeah. affects the color, it affects the taste. Oh, really? All those <laughs> things. Yeah, gum- gummies are interesting. Like a lot of a lot of people just take gummies and, big secret, melt them down and put oil in it and mix it up. Yep. Uh, our gummies are actually started from scratch. 
because we go through homogeneity testing and making sure that <clears throat> that all of our uh, that all of our edibles, you know, are even the dose the dosing in the whole product is even, and uh, and old recipes like that won't pass homogeneity testing. You know, just taking down taking another brand's gummies, melting them down, and putting oil in it. Uh, just the science of how gelatin and all that works. Uh, that is, I mean, that that makes sense, right? The science of gelatin. So on makes sense. We're working on a new gummy product right now, though. That's going to be a. More By the way, I'm, we're yeah. with Incredibles here with Max and Telly. I'm watching the chat room. If you have your questions, enter those in the chat room right now. <laughs> Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. So we're working on another gummy product that's going to be uh, a certain number of milligrams when you buy a whole pack, but it's going to be sliced up into smaller portions. This is a picture, a picture of what it's supposed to supposed to end up looking like. Okay. So you're going to get a pack Ooh. with a bunch of a Gummy bunch of strips. small segments in it. And it's, you know, so you can dose. You're not doing Lego blocks like everybody else? No. <laughs> um, so so that's going to be the next thing that we do in the gummy department. I mean, Legos are cool and all. Right, right, of course. We're saying Lego may come after you with, like, be like, this is the exact specific proportions of our oh, Legos. Oh, man, these are Duplos. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, when you lit your... Bong over there for the second time. He went to take a dab today. Yeah. God, I haven't had smoke blown in my face in a long time. Yeah. Wait, that just literally happened. I know. Dude, it, wasn't it like... Oh, I mean, those vapor. Dude, I even got some of your vapor in my throat and it hurt. <laughs> Damn, that was crazy. You blew so much smoke at me. Tim took a dab. <laughs> but you're... Uh, it was basically like a flamethrower there for a second. You had so much oil left over in that thing. The kindness reminds me if I terps up, temps down. If I took a dab of a urinal cake before it was pissed on, <laughs> whatever that flavor is, is that kindness aftertaste. So uh, I'm sure this is the newer. This is probably something that you guys can't answer, but maybe you know a little insight about. Is there any possibility of Incredibles coming to California with new regulations in California happening? Um, you know, we're definitely trying to work on licensing the specific locations. I'm not even going to speak on because it's beyond my scope. Yeah. But yeah, we're definitely looking to move into other places. We could guess. I mean, we know who what who's coming up fast here. Yeah, and I would expect. Well, see, here's the thing, man. A lot of companies you would expect would be want to move to Cali or want to move to Oregon or whatever, and it would seem like a no brainer. But I mean, it's not. It's it's really mixed up regulation. It's uh, getting your product, having facilities there. Some companies may not want to expand that quick. I heard from right. someone in Oregon who's already established there that it's going to be hard for anyone from not from Oregon to establish themselves there. Mm-hmm. What, because of how licensing is mm-hmm. given out? Is that what you're saying? Access to material, basically. Well, you know who I who announced yesterday that they were moving to Portland, Oregon? Who's that? Uh, top Shelf Extracts. What? Top Shelf Extracts announced yesterday that, uh, maybe it was the day before yesterday, I don't know, sometime within the past few days, that because of, it was blamed on how the edibles and everything was going to be there's, licensed. There's coming blame up involved in, in moving? Moving out of Colorado? Yep. Crazy. Top Shelf Extracts. Basically, Daniel, Daniel Desai, for people that don't know, head of Top Shelf Extracts, hasn't been making a lot of extracts here lately uh, was probably one of the bigger companies at the beginning when they started doing it uh, before there was 
huge heavy regulations before uh, closed loops even really started becoming popular. Uh, they were kind of one of those trans, those one of those limbo companies, you know that. Right. I don't think necessarily had their own license to do it. They were working off of somebody else's license, and then just was difficult to get it going here. But I guess because of the, how the rules are going to be coming up with extracts, they had to bounce. I didn't see how that that was the specific blame because I didn't read anything unless it had to do with licensing and them working with someone in licensing or not being able to get someone here that had a license. I don't know what the deal was. Anyway, that was kind of bigger news among a lot of people here too. I'm sure. Well, hopefully, someone will be able to fill the void here. Yeah, I don't think that'll be. Bikes biting his lip. <laughs> um, let's see here. Oh, possibly uh, Top Shelf was in the Incredible Kitchen kitchen for a year. That is true, yeah. Um, I think that... Oh, we do have... R Rick is in the chat room right now. Okay, cool. Very cool. It's got to be the Rick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know he's, he's watching. So it's good times. Hopefully it's been an entertaining show for y'all. I wanted to take as much time as I could to kind of pick apart um, extracts and kind of the way to do it and the way it's being handled now and talk to, you know, one of the better companies here in the industry doing it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, like you said, it's hard to talk with people and because I could sit down and what I really like to do is sit down with you guys and ask from 1A to 10Z from beginning to end what the exact process is. Right, right. But it's hard to get that tech process out of people nowadays because it's proprietary, man. It's it's it, it's a hard thing to kind of dig into. It is. And you know, in addition to that, it's a it hard... It makes a lot of people butthurt. Well, it's a hard thing to give a straight answer to, too, because people will ask me and then I have to say, well, what size run is it? Is it going to be food grade? Is it going to be shatter? You know, all yeah. these things are factors, and there really is no one way to do it. It depends yeah. on whether you're trying to make pen juice. It depends on whether... Well, that's... I mean, a lot of the machinery is the same. It's just knowing when you pull the lever here, how long you keep it in here. Some of the stuff that we talked about at the beginning. That's why I kind of tried to dance around it a little bit and see what the best way to possibly do this portion of it is. And, right. You know, how long you leave, you know... Uh, some of that uh, uh, how long you leave the butane in with the product those kind of questions right you know? you know I think one of the advantages that we have too is the fact that we had uh, the opportunity to create our own machine because a lot of people who have bought in other people's equipment pretty much have to retroactively modify their technique based on how their machine runs yeah. and we had the opportunity to know exactly what we wished we could have done conceptually and then got confronted with the situation where we were able to create the machine that we wanted. So we have a machine that was custom, custom built, tailored to the procedure that we wished we could do instead of buying a machine and changing our procedure yeah. based on how the machine runs. Yeah. So, you know, again, there's a lot of tips and tricks, but I think it's really all about your source material and the equipment you're using. And uh, I think that that's what gives us the biggest advantage. Is, is having our own machine. Yeah. Um, Designing that out how, you know, from, from A to B. I'm not quite sure what this question it means, but maybe you'll know. Uh, how do you promote bioavailability in your products? Um, are you saying in the edibles? Yeah, I mean, that's what it sounds like. Um, 
people. They're so. There are people smarter than me in the room, so I'll let you all decipher that out. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't really can't say I, I've nutrition I, facts, you know, right? My, yeah, I can't say I'm that much of an edible maker. Look that much into edible science or whatever, but um, I know our def. Uh, we do add like in our uh, chocolate bars, we have soy lecithin and coconut oil. Which both, uh, I think soy lecithin might actually be a little bit quicker or better of an uptake. I'm not sure. Uh, in our chocolate bars and the gummies, consistently what I hear back is it hits people in five minutes. And part of it is uh, the sugar content in it and stuff. But yeah, sugar sugar will affect it. Uh, different oils in it will, will affect bioavailability. I can't say I know all that much about it. What the hell does bioavailability mean? How quickly your body absorbs it and, you know, like, takes it up. I would have had to have uh, Googled that. Because <laughs> that's just the way I roll. Let's see here. It says, in pharmacology, bioavailability is a subcategory of absorption and is the fraction of an administered dose of unchanged drug that reaches the systematic circulation. One of the principal pharmacokinetic properties of drugs by definition when a medication is administered intravenously it is bioavailability is 100% so yeah like okay I get this a little bit more than that makes a little bit more sense yeah, so how, yeah there are quickly, better delivery systems than, than others mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah. like a, an alcohol spray under the tongue is you know like way quicker than eating the chocolate bar you know but and I'm sure with people is in between because uh, you know like I said with intrave- intravenous it's it can be pretty uh, uniform across the palate with any given person. Mm-hmm. But when it comes with edibles, I mean, everybody, if you've been in this for long enough, you understand that every person is different. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Like, you're, I can eat a ton of edibles and not really feel it, but kind of want to fall asleep. It kind of hits me. And the older I get, the more met- my metabolism slows down. At least that's what I attribute it to. Then I'm more affected by it. Uh, that's not to say that it's not doing its job and it's not doing the same things behind the scenes that it would in almost every other person's body. Those basics are probably the same. Right. It's just how you're reacting to it and how your body processes it and the speed is different between every single person on the earth. Right. Your metabolism, your body chemistry, all those are going to... I 50 milligrams will get me wasted. I can't do math. I shouldn't be at work if I eat 50 milligrams. Really? Even though I smoke all the time. And That's interesting because, yeah. I mean, you're... And I could do probably... You know, I could pull off... I've pulled off six runs on like 800, 900 milligrams. Jeez. We used to have... A few years ago, which this is like the at the very beginning of... The uh, uh, renaissance of making edibles. Uh, I've had like a, th- a couple 1500 milligram cookies, 3000 milligrams, and tried to have the listeners create something that would punch me in the face. And man, the only thing it does is just kind of fall over and go to sleep. And that's when I know it's affected me. Right. Which is weird. Max is almost the same kind of build, he's a little bit better built than me. <laughs> I'm trying to make myself feel a little bit better there and say I'm as sexy as Max over here. But no, I mean, that, that we're that's both, goes... We're, yeah, we're both skinny dudes. Metabolism probably close to, to the same, yeah. and it's different effect on you than it is with me. And right. I, I, think, I think my metabolism probably isn't too far off from, like, either Max's or yours, but... Also, I yeah. Can eat, you know, I can eat a bunch of milk. I can eat a ton and, like... Not really do anything. Like I've tried, you know. Like people tell me, "Oh, dude, I've tripped out on edibles." Like I've tried. We made. I used to make capsules out in California, 
with like old material that had some CBN in it and stuff, and I'd eat 1,200 milligrams, you know, and still, you know, sleep great. But I've never had like a, a out of body religious <laughs> tripping experience on edibles. <laughs> I have never. Yeah, that's never really happened. The closest I've come to freaking out was taking real acid. Was <laughs> was here on the on, show on, this, on the show yeah. the second week of the show when I like had this weird freak out anxiety attack where my mind like thought I was tripping. It was farked up, but that's as close as I've ever come to really freaking out on weed. But you know when you first started smoking weed and it was that just shitty Mexican weed and brick. <laughs> I yeah. got caught uh, the first like three times I got caught was Mexican weed. My dad smoked, and I'm sure he was like so disappointed at the uh. same time he was yelling at me. Like, and I was like, I just wanted to say, I swear this isn't all that I buy, but I didn't <laughs> want to tell him I bought more. You know, the one time I, my mom caught me with weed when I was uh, younger in the house, I really didn't get punished that much for it. Just thinking back to it now to this day, she was like, Phew, that's all he's doing. Thank God. <laughs> I, seriously. I got in trouble smoking cigarettes once or smelling like cigarettes, and my excuse was that we were smoking weed, and I didn't want the neighbors uh. to know that we were smoking weed, and my dad was actually, <laughs> would have been more upset that I was smoking tobacco than cannabis, so it actually worked out. It was a good little, not lie, but excuse. That is hilarious. I love that. Man, when you think back at all the craziness your parents probably went through. I know. Some of our parents have probably told us about it, but my mom, she's kind of tight-lipped. Talk about a few things, but there's a whole, the, the party side and whatever she did on that side is off-limits to talk about. Totally. I gotta get my mom in here sometime. She, I don't think she'll ever come in. Never. It you would be like the best interview in the world. Hey, real quick, have you heard about this gas station that Native Roots started on in the Springs? Gas I saw, and, I saw their I, I saw their logo on the top of a on the top of a pump. This is from uh, Seven News here in Denver. Uh, the next big marijuana trend may have just hit the ground running in Colorado. I love Springs. how every new thing is a new trend. <laughs> Soon, people there will be able to get gas and buy weed. I, I mean, I used to get the first my first weed dealer worked at a gas station, at a, <laughs> a Shell station, so I could do that back in the day, but. <laughs> This company said it's the largest medical marijuana dispensary chain in Colorado. Company officials wouldn't go into particulars about the new concept, but told Colorado Springs Independent that it bought two Colorado Springs gas stations to transform them into gas stations slash dispensary business. This is an opportunity to expand the market. I don't think there's any regulations saying they can't. (laughs) Is it medical gas or is this recreational gas? You can get your gas and then weed. So, yeah, look for that in the Springs. Cutting edge, Colorado Springs. A gas station, if all you sold was diesels and sour and OG, it could actually work out as a company name. So this this guy says, will this become a trend? What's next? Donuts and cannabis and coffee and weed? No. Dispensaries cannot sell non-medicated food, so that's not going to (laughs) happen. Yep. It's funny. The Springs is kind of like this weird bastard child of our regulation here in Colorado. It's like a... Group on Facebook that doesn't have any administrators running it. Kind so of people that's, going uh, crazy. Geez. That's pretty true. It is kind of like that. I just I just got myself into one of those, and I I had to take the notifications off. <laughs> that's the first thing you do when you get added to a group. Immediately, especially when you weren't like that. prepped for the you weren't real high end glass for sale prepped. The, uh, no, I, it, <laughs> was yeah, that the group? That too? was exactly it. Yeah, I was not. 
I've That's, heard things. So I think there's a few questions that people have uh, in here that probably can't be answered. Like, what strains would you use if you were, if you were out in California? Uh, other stuff like that, which I mean, that's I, obviously a question when it comes down to. You'd it. probably just say it doesn't matter because sour because, diesel grows good there. I know well, that. Well, for blasting, I guess is one thing I was thinking. Yeah. For edibles, it doesn't matter. Yeah, for edibles, I mean, ideally, you'd like to get it. You know, like you'd like to standardize your process all the way through. But uh, be easier to do out there with the access. You yeah. know what? What you really want though is you want a big yielder that might not have good nug structure, but has huge trichome production. Gorilla like, glue. You, is that you, what Potentially, I, although I like smoking that bud too. Our but. white cough is kind of that way too. That one's a high yielder. I think it yielded 26 percent on one of our last runs, and then it's it's a huge plant. It's actually uh, it has a lot of the a lot of the a uh, lot of haziness to it. Huge cola structure, but but uh, like still, you see the influence from the white. It's crazy. Trippy, dude. Yeah. I, thanks it's to a, you guys. It's a crazy plant. Thanks to the people that uh, are actually in it. I now tell everybody that asks me, what strain should I roll with? Uh, Gorilla, Glue is the f- Gorilla Glue is the first one that comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Like a dude in the Uber cab the other day, he had picked me up from getting my badge. And he asked me, you know, are you getting your badge? Whatever. He's like, oh, I got mine too. I think she might. Can somebody let her out on the porch? I think she might need to go out. I got her. But uh, that was one of the first things that he said is, I, I'm badged, you know? Like, and, and I'm like, okay, well, what's your favorite strain? And he's sort of that older smoker, you know? So he's like, three hits will do me in type of person, you know what I'm saying? Like, goes do through an eighth me. every six weeks, he said. Train wreck. Did he say train wreck? Nah, he had something like gumbo. Yeah. He was talking about, like, gumbo or something like that. So. Sounds like a, a, something you eat. Yeah. Anyway. I, I had told him Gorilla Glue. I was like, that's all I hear from everybody is Gorilla Glue. She's probably scared of Max. That's why the puppy doesn't want to go out. She's not <laughs> super familiar with Max. She's like, I don't know about this. You're scaring the shit out of me. That's all right, man. All right, cool. We're getting yeah. almost done here, too. Anyway, we're wind her up here soon. Um, so anyway, uh, last thing the chat room probably has to say right now, unless you got something to give in before we leave today, is a uh, great show with Max and Telly. Uh, thanks, Bike Tim, Molly, Grambo, K Dash. Oh, shit. <laughs> K Dash is in there. Yeah, he's in there I all the time. He, I hope he wasn't trolling on me too much. Hard, hardcore. No, he actually wasn't trolling at all. Oh, shit. He didn't step his game up today. Yeah, he's lame. <laughs> <laughs> you guys would probably have to run the cookies in California. Oh, yeah. It'd be a uh, demand. You know what? We'd probably actually have to run the tits from IC Collective. Cookies by Sour. Yeah. I keep hearing of that. I gotta get out. One. I gotta that's try a, out more yeah, strengths. That's a good I, one. This I don't get the, to that. Is the I'm shit? Not, I'm not. Yeah, tits. It stands for this is the shit. I'm not really a fan of cookies because like really good cookies kind of has this like weird dank basement and not like the good weed dank, but like a wet basement smell to it. Like you know, like best batches of cookies. You know, kind of mm. has that to it to me. So you know, like this just weird. Like you're musky. not sure if the smell's supposed to be there. It's like it's musky to uh, it's musky to me, and it's kind of off-putting. But the, the the tits with the sour kind of gives it more of an edge and a bigger yield. The last thing Kate Ash said was that he uh, overdosed on edibles one time. Very uncomfortable. Overdoing uh, not kosher. Overdoing anything, you know, water. You can overdo anything. And Dude, be I've yet to do that on edibles, though. I got to carefully get to that don't point. overdose on those black slabs. Dash. 
So, uh, sweet. You guys have something newer we'll have to try here after the show? I don't know if you want to open your... No, you can, absolutely. This is actually going to be an interesting little test. This is some fresh frozen that we ran almost a year ago. It looks like... It, it looks yeah, like it was, we ran this mid-February. It's no, crazy. It actually, uh, the Ghost of Jilly was probably ran in January. It could have been, actually. Um, and that it, was just the day it was packaged. Or this something. is fresh frozen gear. I haven't opened it, so I have no idea it's if eight it's going to be... eight months old. I don't know if it's going to be buttered or if it's going to be solid. I had a few friends that have had some hash for a long time from you guys, probably around that same circa, opened it, and it was good to go. Yeah, so give it a shot. Break the seal. Let's do it. Break that open. Yeah. So I, Ghost of Jilly is what it is? Uh, yeah, and this is... Some of the first run she is. Mm-hmm, it is, <laughs> before we changed our bags and yeah. everything. So this is, I just want to see, I'm I just very heard curious it. to see what, you know, eight-month-old shatter... It was like lasagna. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, be the I bag, I just probably. made that up, I just made that yeah. up. Because I've never smelled The bag. Yet. Oh, guess what? Fully buttered? I don't think it looks buttered at all. Oh, word. I think it's shattered. All right, for so the, for the people out there that think fresh frozen can't stay oh, stable. Oh, shit. Clear, clear as day. Like, look, I'm looking at the screen through it. Any, any Here, hold it up. They should be able to see me. Let me see it real fast. Minimal. It, it, it might even be the parchment. Yeah, hold up to the camera, Tim. It might even be the parchment the squiggles. Right, right, yeah. It's hard to tell. Exactly. So, yeah, I hear a lot. Actually, I hear a lot of people talking about water content in fresh frozen. I don't really get that a lot, you know. Like if you're, if, especially if you're doing a proper extraction, fresh frozen, you know, like you should keep the tube frozen and be able to isolate it frozen. So then, like, you, so you there's know, no, like, that's yeah. not gonna get any water because yeah, water's not, yeah, you're not gonna bypassed. get any, yeah, not gonna get any ice. What do you think? Is that nucleation or is that just the, the paper? No, I think it looks yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah that's, damn, that's crazy. Isn't that cool to open up something like that and be proud of your product just to be right, time perfect how it's supposed to be. Right, shooting blind like it was in a sealed bag. I had no idea. I had confidence, though. I was willing to take a gamble in front of you guys, and so. Worked out well. Uh, rip it up, though. This is for you guys to try, so. Sweet. We will smoke it. We will, uh, we will. got to pack up the studio after we're done here, so I'm sure we'll be a heady uh, dab session here. I can't thank you guys enough for coming in today. Uh, Max and Telly, uh, if you want to... F- I don't know if you want people to find you on Facebook or anything, but if I, yeah, I don't care. I'm pretty available on there. Just Max Eisler, Max um, Eisler on Facebook. Yeah, Ryan Hubble. I think you can search. You can probably search Telescopic. I've got that up there in the nickname. So. Yeah, I, I was like, I've I've known you majority. Uh, can't even say the word. Like uh, the majority of the time is Telly. So yeah, <laughs> when right. I go to search, I gotta search that way. And I'm like, wait, what was his name? Is oh yeah, it's Ryan. So yeah, Ryan Hubble. The Hubble Telescope, You're right? Yeah, that's that's the yeah, that's usually the first people question, like the first question people ask me. So uh, and like no, it's spelled differently, but yeah. I just want to throw one more thing out there. Go ahead. Um, a public service announcement for all the people that are speculating about hash. I would just like to let everyone know if you see tiny little bubbles in hash, it doesn't mean it's solvent. Mm-hmm. If something butters up on you, it does not mean it's solvent. If something stings a little bit, it does not necessarily mean it's solvent. This is all things we've learned empirically through test results. You know, we've heard people call us out on uh, little micro bubbles on test results that we had 10 parts per million. Yeah, because I flipped the slab an extra time, and that's, you know, why we got the bubbles. Yeah. Um, so anyway. I can't even imagine how much weed you guys have, like, Processed. Can you think, Grambo? This is it's, just crazy. It's talk. hard to think. If I had to tell some of my friends back in Massachusetts that, that haven't seen me since I left, like how much weed I've touched since then, it's pretty crazy. 
Yeah. It's, that's so awesome to think about. Anyway, all right. Once again, thank you guys. Thank 100, you guys. 100 overtimes. Uh, thank Derek. I'm sure he's probably listening. So thank you, Derek. Yeah, I'll uh, relay, though. For hollering and uh, letting these guys be here on the JDR show with us. You can catch Wednesdays here. Uh, more talk about uh, weed. More talk about hash. More talk about soil. All that good stuff. More growers talk, I guess you could say, on the Adam Dunn Show. Wednesdays starts usually around noon, sometimes around 1 o'clock like last week, I think it was, wasn't it? Well, no, right in between at 12.30. 12.30 is a good time to throw the dart at the board and see if we're on. So go to Limestream.com slash Adam Dunn Show. All of our shows are up there. Uh, they can be listened to on demand, streamed anytime that you would want. Adam Dunn's are also on there. Also, make sure you check out uh, CanNet Radio, Cannabis Network Radio, our good friends over there. And do not forget about USA Cannabis Company, navigating cannabis regulation with you, trustworthy people, USACannabisConsulting.com. Make sure you check them out, USACannabisConsulting.com. If you need to integrate, start, construct, do anything with your grow, they've got you taken care of. Grambo, we kind of didn't have a mic set up for you the whole show. I, I feel bad now. You got anything to add here? Yeah, he wants you to bring your microphone next week just to make sure there's an extra one in here for him. We had an extra one. It's just really noisy with five for some reason. It's it... not, It's a, but it's a, on a giant boom. <laughs> it has to come across the table. We could have figured it out. We I just think it, it was super gay. noisy oh. last time. I just preferred it because it was noisy as hell. So, you can, I got nothing? Thanks, Grambo, for all your help before the show. He pretty much put the uh, studio together before the show. He's going to put it away, too, because my ride is here. Go. I knew this son of a bitch was going to leave and not. I'll, I'll leave you some dabs. I knew he was They're not right going to help load this shit back up. I mean, there's only so much that three people can do into a closet. <laughs> it's helping out. You got it, Tim. You have my moral support. You can do it, guys. <laughs> What a pain in the ass. All right. Anyway, until we uh, have next time. Next week, we'll have Tricky on the show. Tricky Glassworks going to join us to talk about glass, talk about all this faceting craziness that he's been up to. I jumped on the bandwagon real quick, and I got a faceted gem cap from Tricky. I like the memes. The memes, his faceting. He's killing it. Yes. The faceting memes. That and if anyone if anyone knows a dude who uh, breeds for aficionado seeds, he's been killing it on the breeder memes lately. Breeder memes, oh, awesome! I'm stoked. We've had tricky tricky on before. I'm stoked to get back to talking about glass. So make sure you come and hang out with us next week on the glass knowledgeable side. Thank you again, Max Telly from Incredibles. Thanks, Incredibles. Make sure you check them out. Over 800 stores. I got nothing else, Mike. What's dab here? All right, let's dab. Eight month old Incredibles oil. I'm John Doe. He's Tim. Thanks, guys. See ya.